0: Action Sports jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Now Action Sports jacks is on your radio. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna jar and Levine Studios, here's your host, Brent Martineau.
1: Well, the best tweet I saw today is Robert Kraft
2: now has seven rings, Ooh. six Super Bowls, <laughs> and a prostitution one. <laughs> and you're, like, worried about me saying something uh. That's 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 not bad. I mean, you've said a
1: couple of questionable things so far. Oh, for sure. (laughs) sure. Welcome in on a Friday, everybody. Friday, don't you feel a little hop in your step? I do. I don't feel hop in my step on Friday. Not at all, Every day is the same. Yeah. You know, always a hop in the step. But it is a little hot out there, isn't
2: it? It is a little toasty today, a little humid. Love it. Uh, um, I should know because I was, you know, I ran a couple miles outside and had some training. So... It is a warm one today. I got to ask you, Brent, is that shirt inside out, or is that just it's how it's? Uh, it's faded. Oh, it's faded. It's, it's kind of.
1: It, it's supposed to be faded like that, I guess. Oh, it, that's. I think it's that's supposed part to be because fashion
2: look. Or it's, it's not that old. About. This
1: is the old Ashland University. Yeah. But I bought it just like two years ago and okay. haven't worn it a ton. Mm-hmm. So it either faded in the in the wash like immediately. Sure. Or I think it was just designed to be a little bit, like you really got to stare at it to figure it out. I don't know. Look
2: at you, man, fashion forward. That's right. Yeah, You're a little
1: faded, a little like uh, the opacity on this shirt. Good call. How
2: about oh, that? Nice word,
1: opacity. Yeah, a good yep. word. Mm-hmm. All right, we don't. We can't bury the lead of Robert Kraft. Wait a minute, that's not the lead here on a Friday. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, who's <laughs> in the house? But we got a fight
2: schedule. Oh, that's gonna be the, the the breaking news here on the well, show.
1: It should have been breaking news
2: yesterday if you'd pay attention. wasn't Wasn't my fault. We got our own radio show and we can't even break
1: the news wasn't of when my your fault, fight Brent. comes across. Wasn't
2: my call, man. Wasn't my call. Talk about falling. Hey, for your information, the news broke like at 3 o'clock when we were doing the show, so I had no idea either, man. I, I was shocked just as you were, so.
1: So anyway, you excited about it? March 16th today the date at your next fight, and yeah. uh, it's going to be right here at the Morocco Shrine. It's going to be in
2: Jacksonville, which yeah. is, uh, you know, it's always fun to fight on home soil. Uh, the, my opponent, Brad Taylor, it should be a really good matchup. He uh, loves to throw down. I like to throw down, obviously, so uh should be a good matchup there. Uh, sorry, Brent, that we couldn't announce it on the radio, on the, on the show, but... Hopefully you can forgive me for that. And uh, Nick, you know, our our boss kind of made it uh, made a little idea where you can come out as my manager and kind of talk me up as I walk to the cage.
1: Well, that's what I really want to know is like what would my <laughs>
2: – this is – forget about you. Good luck. Best of luck. But Thanks, this man. is really
1: about me and of my course. debut around the MMA. Yeah. So what I asked immediately was what's my role? What's my yeah. job? What should I do? Like how many people in the corner? Three. Wh- and what do they do?
2: Uh, so usually you have your, your coach, like that's a guy that's, you know, telling you what to do and whatnot. I can't do that. You, have you don't like want your, me there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I prefer not to. You, yeah. You, you, you didn't you know like that. Like Gracie's do jujitsu. So that's, that's the last thing start. I want. No, maybe there's next a, year by this time. There's an ice guy, uh, who basically just carries the ice and if, I, if you go between rounds you can just put the ice on me With all due respect to whoever does it now yeah I might be able to do that I think you can handle that one then there's also there's a third guy and you know he can be like the cut man where he takes like the cold steel and rubs your eyes and stuff like that Yeah, which looks kind of cool it but i'm not great. sure you should Brent, trust me i was gonna say i i don't want you to like to hit me in the eye and like poke my eye or something yeah, like it that it depends on so. the shows went
1: that week actually so what exactly. i'll do there
2: <laughs> so i'm gonna probably put you down for an ice man right now we'll, we'll see what <laughs> happens from there so i'm the ice man you're, all right you're the now, do man you right pick now. these guys do they give you these guys is no. it the gym
1: that you train out of it
2: yeah yeah so usually the the you know the guys i go with training camp with are the guys in my corner obviously because we've been kind of game planning the whole time uh, you, if you get to the UFC or like a, like a Bellator, like a high level fight, then they will provide you with your own cut man, and that guy is in charge of uh taping your hands, and then also you know say if you get cut, then he'll take the cold steel and wipe you down.
1: I got you. So um, all right, well the fight is on. You knew this was coming. You couldn't uh, introduce it really until uh, the contract was signed. Well, Good to go. But, Looking uh, back,
2: and I probably could introduced it. We would have been fine, yeah, but hey, it, it is been. what it is. I, I'm just trying to follow protocol.
1: No, well, it's during Players Championship week, which means I already have a problem in terms of getting there. Sorry about uh, that. But but anyway, I'm glad you have a fight date. We're going to pump it up. We're going to talk about it throughout the next couple of weeks because now I'm interested. About <laughs> I mean, not that I wasn't interested, but now I'm interested it's in what, what goes in to the next like month, the next few weeks in terms of training. Uh, we've been on the road with you. I know you've mm-hmm. been going to the gym and you train and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. I get that part of it, but how much does it get amped up? What What do you do? I mean, how much of this is just straight out of Rocky, and how much of this <laughs> is, okay, Rocky was fictional. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have to learn that over the next few weeks, and I want to take the, the listeners along for the ride, especially if Let's I'm going to be the Iceman. I need to know a lot more. <laughs> So anyway, I'm fired up about the fight, March 16th. Uh, oh, one more thing. Doors open for that mm-hmm. at 4 o'clock. Correct, yeah. So, What time will you fight?
2: So I'm not going to fight because so it's an amateur and pro show. So right now I think there's like twelve or something fights on this card. So I probably won't fight realistically until eight thirty nine o'clock. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. And you know, so the, not too bad. Well, and they say doors open at four. I mean, the fights probably won't start till like five five thirty, depending. So. All right. I all will right. keep everybody posted. Yeah, we will work on it. Uh, yeah.
1: I don't want to put too much pressure on you. No, it's all good, man. For the next man. few weeks, but no. I got a feeling I'm going to probably add pressure, some pressure.
2: Pressure makes diamonds. You yeah, know? That's
1: right. Uh, well. I don't know what Robert Kraft is making these days, man. But wow, you know, I tweeted it. Listen, listen, nothing surprises me. Okay, right? Humans are make mistakes. Humans are stupid sometimes, and money doesn't hide it. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, Money does not hide it. And, uh, and there are some stories uh, that, that Robert Kraft has kind of gone off the rails a little bit in terms of being a little bit more of a wild guy than one would expect in recent years. I don't know how true those are. You get all sorts of stories now. Yeah. But the bottom line is he's denying this, which is very it's fascinating. I love the denial part. It's fascinating because like police down in Jupiter actually got in front of a microphone and said his name. And on top of that, said they have video which please do not release that video. I do not want to see Robert Kraft in this kind of video. No, I'm all
2: set there. Thanks, everybody.
1: But I – so that part is – fat. now, this must just be a play by his lawyer, the not guilty play. you got to always deny all that stuff. But we are actually going to have John Phillips in a little bit later in the show so he can take us through some of that. What happens next? What does this mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And and what does it mean for the New England Patriots? And Robert Kraft is the owner of the New England Patriots. Listen, I think at the end of the day – Three years from now, five years from now, whatever, Robert Kraft's going kind to of known as building this dynasty of the New England Patriots. I don't think this is going to be the top line uh, of his resume, mm-hmm. but it's an added line now in the resume and not a good one, not a good look for the NFL and really one of the big owners in the NFL, obviously, because mm-hmm. of the six world championships.
2: Well, and it begs to ask you the question, just what kind of fine and what kind of penalties he's facing here? You know, because there's a few questions. Number one, did he or did he not do that? Reports are saying that there's film, like you discussed, there's film of him in the act and whatnot. So one can assume that he actually, yes, he did do it. And then number two, where you know the the workers at the age, you know, at the Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida. I mean, they were brought, you know, from China and they were kind of held against their will. So if Robert Kraft had any inkling that that was going on, that's some pretty serious allegations there. On, on top of just the prostitution rate. Well,
1: know? and that, and that's where John Phillips comes in, and, yeah. and we can ask about that. Now, my view of it, mm-hmm. you know, this is just me, uh, with not knowing a darn thing about um, legalese mm-hmm. <laughs> on these kind of things. I think this was part of a bit, to your point, big part of a sex trafficking sting. Mm-hmm. And I think you just brought up the key thing. You would have to prove that Robert Kraft knew this was a sex trafficking massage yeah. parlor and knew all that was going on and i think that will probably be very difficult to prove i think that's why it's a misdemeanor mm-hmm. i think you have to, there's two separate things happening here the fact that he solicited a prostitute and the other part is the sex trafficking mm-hmm. and the sex trafficking is the big part of it. it just happens to have scooped up some big names along the way yeah um, that's a major problem sex trafficking in in the united states it's horrible and something that everybody's trying to not everybody but a lot of people are trying to put a stop to and this is the latest example of it surprisingly you know i do not think jupiter florida for it to happen but I, I think it's happening probably in, in every city in America.
2: Exactly. And it just begs the question, what's going to happen to you know Mr. Kraft here? Because Jim Irsay, uh, I remember when he had his DUI and then he got caught. Uh, I think he had oxycodone and uh, hydrocodone in his blood. Um, he was fined the, the maximum of $500,000 and suspended six games. I mean, one would think that it's got to be more than that. Because this is a serious out. I mean, let's think about it like this, Brent. What if an NFL player was was thrown in this situation right here? What would happen to him? What would you say?
1: Well, it's that's a, that's the great point um i i don't know the levels of it mm-hmm. because like in Ursay 's case you're putting a lot of people at risk this mm-hmm. is a misdemeanor i, I can't remember what Ursay's was was that a felony charge of some kind was it w- when whenever all that went down i don't yeah. know the characterization mm-hmm. and so i think that changes things right a misdemeanor is a misdemeanor i mean yeah. you could get a misdemeanor for smoking pot mm-hmm. and and i don't think every, everybody would be like well it'd be a headline but it wouldn't be this kind of headline exactly so and then there's a recent owner jerry richardson of the carolina panthers who because of workplace misconduct basically ended up selling the team. Yeah. Um, and I think that's even a different animal in all of this. So, again, I think there's different legs to it. Um, but to your point about the players and should the owners be held to the same?
2: The, the, the owners are, are, are the owners of the franchise. They're, you know, they're running the show. They're, yeah. they're the boss or the CEO. They're. They're responsible for the players. But this owner's hanging around with Meek Mill and stuff. Yeah, and he's also wearing Jordans (laughs) at being 76 years old. (laughs) I
1: I will say, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I do think, let's get into it next. What would a player's penalty be? And would it be different? And I think a lot of people off face value would say, oh yeah, it would be different. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Roger Goodell would make it different. I'm not so sure. We'll stay on it. We've also got a bunch of guests here on the show coming up tonight, including some high school football talk. Richard Burton wrote a high school football book about the state of Florida recently. And it's a the best-selling cities for it: Jacksonville and Texas. We're gonna have them on. I want them to share some of the stories, but also why Jacksonville? Is it because of Corky Rogers, the great football up here? Why is it? So that's coming up at 3:30. But next more on this Robert Kraft stuff on ESPN 690. The magic whiteboard. I'd be careful what you say on the whiteboard today.
2: For sure. No craft macaroni and cheese. Ooh. I was gonna take it that direction actually, but basically all I said was, "Dude, you're a billionaire. What are you doing?" Like. Yeah. What, and, are, what and, are you thinking?
1: You know, there's there's levels of this, right? It's like I get, uh, we got a lot of responses on Twitter. It's like, well, it's two consenting adults. It's, uh, I mean, is it really that different than than getting busted for a week? Is it and, really
2: two consenting adult well, a situation?
1: And, and I think that's that's the one. You know, one thing, depending, I guess, how you feel about the prostitution topic, but it's a whole different animal. I I think at least it is. Uh, Again, I'm not well versed in this topic of sex trafficking versus prostitution, but I believe the sex trafficking is a whole different level of this. And Mm so I I think that's where, I mean, even if you think that way, right, that's different. And by the way, either way, either one, you know, you can say smoking weed or whatever. It's still, if it's illegal, it's illegal. So you're doing something, and I mean, if you're doing something illegal, you're doing something illegal, you're probably going to get a headline if you're Robert Kraft.
2: Yeah.
1: If you're doing something illegal like this, which many people view as bad taste, mm-hmm. opposite of maybe smoking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or getting caught smoking pot, No, yeah, for um, sure. well, then that already changes the perception. And now you add into it this major, major deal in the United States of sex trafficking. Then you add that element. And again, we're going to talk about it with John Phillips at 5 o'clock today, but uh, and he'll have much better understanding of it. But to me, that's where it carries over, you know, the whole messiness of the deal, and t- whether he knew or not, you know, whether Robert Kraft knew or not. But, mm-hmm. the, but let's go first things first. He's an owner of a football team. We hold athletes, we hold public figures in high regard to a higher standard. And face value of this, this is a black eye for him. Mm -hmm. At the very least, it's a bad look for him and his franchise and the NFL because of that. What do we tell athletes? You know, if you do something bad, if in high school or whatever, you know, you're representing your family, your the the jersey that you wear, the school, your coaches, all those people. Well, Robert Kraft's now guilty of this if he's guilty. Now again, he claims he's not guilty. Mm -hmm. There are also said to be video out there, Um, and we must point out too. What Adam Schefter said, this might not be the biggest name. If this isn't the biggest name involved, I mean, Robert Kraft's a pretty how, dang big how name. How big of a
2: name can you get?
1: Well, that leads me to think like actual athlete. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I, that's what I think. But yeah. we, we we asked the question before the break, said, okay, I don't know what's going to happen to Robert Kraft. I don't think he's going to get the New England Patriots taken away from him. I don't. I think he's – he's a, you have to keep it in mind. Right now, at least, it's a misdemeanor. He could get fined. There could be some suspension involved. There, there will be oh, some kind oh, great, of Brent. So, enforcement. So,
2: you're going to go ahead and suspend him? So, he's going to, he has to watch the games from his home, from his billion dollar home? Well, okay, oh, what but a, he's a billionaire. What, what are you going to fine him? What a penalty. What are you fining him? What's the penalty uh, to, then? For to, Robert me, Kraft? to me, it's not the uh, Kick him it's out? Not about him? No, it's not about the money, but. How do
1: you penalize a guy like this who's got billions? Honestly, uh,
2: I mean, uh, if it was me, and and listen, I don't know all the facts that we don't know if he's... Let's just say, we don't want to assume he's guilty, yeah, but Because he's he innocent until proven guilty, correct? But from everything if that they we've find heard... find something. If it's me, I'm taking draft picks away, because that's what's going to hurt him the most. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's slippery slope, man. How's the slippery slope?
1: You, you're going to take draft picks the, away for the a the morality the, issue?
2: You're the, Players get fired from reality issues all the time. We can't fire the owner apparently. So what else are we gonna do to him? We're just gonna make them sit at home watch football games? Oh, what a punishment! Well, it's part of being an owner, man. I mean, you
1: do I, like it or not. Listen, mm. you, we can't. You know, there is this fight now in sports between players and owners, and who has what, and who has more power, and who's got more money, and who's making the money, and are they distributing the money? The bottom line is, if I own a company. If I own a sports team, damn straight I've got the power. I own the damn thing. If you want the power, you come own it. (laughs) I mean, we can't sit here and say that there should be equal power, money, all this stuff. And by the way, I don't think that's what athletes are saying. I think they want more of the pie. Mm -hmm. But we have to at least understand these organizations are bought for billions of dollars. That's not the average guy walking down the street, smart or not smart. You have to have a certain level of bank account to be able to do this. So not every guy can do that. Not everybody can do that. Not even players making millions have the ability to do that. So there is an element of power. There is an element of a safe haven for that owner. It's his business, his
0: team.
2: So what you're saying is that players need to be held and put on a higher pedestal and be held more accountable than the owner that actually runs the team, is well, what you're saying to me.
1: Well, from a morality standpoint, I'm fine if we want to lambaste Robert Kraft. I'm telling you, the fact is, a an em- player is an employee. That employee is going to face, or has the ability to, at least face more penalty than the owner. The owner gets to make that decision.
2: Kraft is part of the shield, though. Kraft is part of the NFL. And that's the
1: exception. So what does Roger Goodell do? But... We have not – that would be unprecedented to Roger Goodell on a morality type of behavior thing, Mm -hmm. right? And and a legal thing. He's got a misdemeanor. But this is more morality-based, I think, than it is misdemeanor and court of law stuff, at least Mm -hmm. at the time being. Yeah. You can't – I mean I I just don't know how much power Goodell has to – other than fine, other than possibly suspend because we don't want your face being on CBS in the suite there for three weeks Mm – I, I really just don't understand what else Goodell could do. I mean, it, you know, stripping draft picks, this wasn't football related. That, that's I, – I don't see how that could – I mean, heck, what are you going to do? Make him play with 30 players instead of 53? No, <laughs> I mean, no, not, no, not
2: at all, Brent. But I'm saying you're, you're the owner of the New England Patriots. Even when you go out in public, you're still the owner of the New England Patriots. Yes. Yeah. And the only thing that I can see that would actually drive a point home, like I said, money doesn't matter. I mean, cool, yeah, you, you can donate $500,000 to some charities – um, you know that that would help out like illegal s- uh, sex trafficking victims or something like that. That'd be great, and that'd yeah, be a start. And maybe
1: that's what spins off. Yeah, it.
2: but let's be honest, five hundred thousand is nothing to Robert Kraft. So, to me, and, and like again, we don't know if this is this is all going to be proven, you know, in a court of law where he's going to be found guilty. But if he's found guilty, I'm I'm all for you know throwing the book at him, What's and if it, that wh- involves taking a draft pick away, then so be
1: it. What's bigger in your mind, uh, investigation? Um The Richardson, the Jerry Richardson, the owner of the Panthers with sexual and racial
2: misconduct in the workplace or this? I mean, it's 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 both despicable. It's that's it's so hard to put that like which one's worse to to me. They're both sickening.
1: Yeah, I just Um, feel like in the workplace, in like in your building stuff where you can control because Mm -hmm. that's where you can really control things. Right. You're controlling like Robert Kraft situation. He's controlling his own actions Mm -hmm. and that's one person. Mm hmm. If you're in the building and this kind of action going on like Jerry Richardson was accused of, well, then you're controlling a whole building and they have to basically do what you say because you're the boss and you're the owner. Well, my point in that is – and we can you know, debate which one's worse. They're both bad like you said, but $2.75 million fine Richardson got. Now eventually it turns out ends up selling the team too. Mm-hmm. So there was so much heat and that's where I think this lands. OK, there might be a million-dollar fine. Yeah. We hold our people – we hold – NFL, the Shield says we hold our owners to a higher level than Robert Kraft is showing. Mm-hmm. But this is really more about just wearing it. He's got to have to wear it. And it's a it's a public embarrassment mm-hmm. for the franchise. It's a public embarrassment for the league. It's a big-time public embarrassment for mm-hmm. a proud man, most likely, in mm-hmm. Robert Kraft. So I think he's just going to have to wear it. And that's kind of the punishment in this whole deal outside of a million dollars, which is like five bucks to
2: me. And – so let's let's ask this question. If he gets, I mean, and this is going to be hard to prove, and obviously when we have the lawyer come in here today, we can ask him this. But if it's found to prove that he was guilty of knowing exactly what was going on in the, in that spa, that there was, you know, illegal sex trafficking going on, then what, Brent?
1: Well, I think then it amps up because from the government standpoint, then mm-hmm. that might amp up. Yeah. you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. now you're talking about again. I think there's a. There, we know there are. There in our court system, there are levels, right? There's yeah. misdemeanors. There's felonies. There are things now you now you take away a little bit of the morality stuff, even though that's still front and center. Mm-hmm. But now
2: you add in FBI is getting involved. Yeah, security. you add in
1: something that wait a minute here.
2: You yeah. know this is now so,
1: you're breaking the rules more than even a well, DUI or wherever
2: else. You know. Yeah, and let's be honest. I mean, all of a sudden a first round draft pick losing on and that's not and that seem so bad compared to what the FBI could do. So. I guess we'll have to just wait and see what's going on.
1: Well, anyway, that uh, bomb drops uh, around the NFL and Robert Kraft. And you know what's interesting here too, and maybe I didn't read close enough on it, but this was a a months long, plural months long investigation by the government here and by the police down there in Jupiter. And so we really don't know. Like his name could have. It's not like this happened last night or this morning, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Uh, his, they, they have 200 people involved yeah. in this thing mm-hmm. and his name just got out. So, I mean, this could have been from November, you know, it could have been when the, the, and uh, it, it maybe it's, it's out there when it exactly it happened. I haven't seen the date, mm-hmm. but I, I found that part interesting. And that's why we still don't know the 200 names yet. Now it might be average Jimmy Johnson. Oh wait, that's a bad name to use <laughs> down South Easy, bro. Like,
2: <laughs>
1: Average, average Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Smith. Um, <laughs> You know, down in Jupiter. Yeah. But uh, that was a really bad example right there. Uh, Average <laughs> Joe Smith down in Jupiter that, you know, someone's going to read in the headline and be like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. What a mm-hmm. moron. You know, it was, uh, looks bad. But are we going to see bigger names is what now we wait for.
2: True. And it, it begs the question, too, how many times did Kraft visit this spot? Because, you know, if it's over a couple times, well, then maybe he did have some kind of idea what was going on. So. Once again, we'll, uh, we'll keep you guys up to date here uh, as I'm, you know, re-refreshing my Twitter and whatnot, trying to find valuable sources, but we're just going off by what we know right now.
1: Now, that's an interesting, uh, you know, Kayak Fish on Twitter said, when I asked the question, would a player be treated differently? He says, of course, mm-hmm. heck, a minority owner would be treated differently, and I, I- I mean, that's I don't know that. We haven't seen that. You know, Jim Irsay is a white owner. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of minority owners in the NFL. That I mean, we we're not. right here in Jacksonville, yeah. and hopefully we never have to talk about this stuff here in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, but also JPC14881, that's a, that's a big handle there. I hate the Pats, but let's not forget it's just a misdemeanor. And I agree. I mean, I, I think that's – again, you're talking morality versus court of law stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into it more at 5 o'clock uh, with John Phillips when he joins us. But coming up next – I think you're going to like this. Richard Burton joins us. He wrote a high school football book about the state of Florida. How good is high school football in the state of Florida? Well, we know. Why is it a bestseller in Jacksonville? Interesting. That's next on ESPN 690. Ah, Welcome back here. we got some comments on this. Uh, Michelle Batten says, I hope none of the Jags players were involved in this. I wouldn't go that far to take away draft picks. Uh, Also, I feel like Robert Kraft should resign. You know, I did think about that. Would he resign and give it to Jonathan Kraft, his son, um, which he's kind of almost in the process of doing anyway, Mm -hmm. it feels like at 76 uh, years old. But uh, again, more conversation about Robert Kraft, big sports story um, in the sports world here on a Friday. Talk about a Friday news drop. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think this is the kind of Friday news drop the New England Patriots wanted. Uh, That's that's for sure. Uh, Brent Martin, along with Austin Lane, former Jags player, scheduled for an MMA fight now on March 16th. Good thing we have that. Can't wait to talk about that in the lead up. And uh, Kuz is with us here on a Friday as well on ESPN 690. Happy to be joined right now by Richard Burton, who recently wrote a book on... High school football in the state of Florida. And so I reached out and asked if he could come on because I saw one of the things. First of all, I think it would be pretty cool to get some of the stories. But the other part of this is it's selling really well, I think he said, in Texas and also right here in Jacksonville.
3: Hey, Richard, how you doing? Doing well, guys. How you doing,
2: Brent? fantastic.
1: Fantastic. All right. Give us the lowdown. Tell us a little bit about the book. But I'm really curious to why Jacksonville is one of the top selling cities when it comes to it.
3: Well, basically, it's it's called Seeds of Greatness, and it's four thousand. It's got all four thousand playoff games ever played in state of Florida history recap. It's got a record book, uh, all the top ten polls, all the wins over number one ranked teams, all the district tiebreakers that took place throughout since the playoff system began in 1963. And I think the big reason it's selling so well in Jacksonville is just how how good high school football has been you know, in, in Duval County for such a long time, especially this past season with Reigns and Mandarin both winning state championships. Uh, Mandarin's Carson Beck last year broke the all-time tournament uh, passing yardage and touchdown pass record that was held by Ja'Cory Harris uh, previously. And then Reigns' defense, they had the second-best defensive effort over a four-game span ever uh, since the play season began back in 63. So, uh, a lot of good things. I think a lot of positive, positive signs. I think people really like reading about high school football, especially, especially when they're really successful.
1: Yeah. Seeds of greatness is the name of the book. And what prompted you to do this? Obviously, uh, you're covering high school football, you know, all about high school football, but why now? Why this?
3: well I was about seven years ago actually when it started I was in the panhandle I was uh, working as the sports information director for the College of Central Florida we had gotten the state basketball tournament and I was putting together the record book for that so I'm up there in Fort Long Beach in the library and I'm yeah, over a couple days span I'm thinking I'm like wow you know you know junior college basketball isn't you know as popular as as a lot of things I'm like what if I try to do this about high school football in the state of Florida? Get all the playoff games together, and I, you know, I looked around and, you know, I, I you know, Florida doesn't really have a website or anything like that. Know Georgia, Alabama, uh, Texas have really, really good websites. And I kind of got me thinking. I was like, hey, might as well start start going over some stuff. And uh, the second day instead of re- researching basketball, I started researching football and. The 1983 to 85 Baker Gators, who won uh, three state championships in a row, and that's kind of where it started. It was up in the Panhandle uh, with that idea. of basing it off the uh, the, the junior college, uh, you know, junior college record book. I said, "Hey, football is king in Florida, so let's go for
1: it." I'm uh, from Rhode Island, so I don't. We don't have great high school football <laughs> up there. I can tell you that. Um, Austin's from Wisconsin. I bet they do have some pretty good high school football. But I've been to. I've worked in Louisiana. I've worked in Ohio. And I've also worked in New York, but I think Louisiana, Ohio, there's some fantastic high school football, but to me, there's still nothing like this. I mean, the the state of Florida is unbelievable and I haven't ventured to the parts that you're even talking about and you've been to Richard. So Jacksonville to me is awesome. I've been here more than a decade. The talent is only getting better and better. We obviously have the likes of a guy like Tim Tebow coming out of here that, that, you know, transcends high school football, college football across all platforms. Is there an underrated area of high school football in the state of Florida that many people might not name off? If I rattle off uh, some South Florida schools, absolutely. Even Jacksonville, I think, will get that kind of credit. Central Florida, Orlando area, certainly will. What are we missing? Where where did you find a sweet spot that few people talk about?
3: I'd say over the years, I mean, even in Gainesville. I mean, Alachua County for so many years had, had great teams. Uh, how many professionals came out of there. I mean, you know, Chris Doring, uh, Mike Peterson, uh, you know, players like that, Mike Peterson at Santa Fe, Shea Showers, uh, they were on the same state championship team. You know, the Buholtz teams of that area, that era, Gainesville High School with uh, Clinton Portis, and, and just players like that, uh, you know, just tremendous uh, teams over the years in Alachua County uh, for the most part, even, even Marion County where, where I'm located, a lot of people, Uh, You know, don't really realize how good the talent is. You know, you had Dante Culpepper play at Ocala Vanguard. Cortez Allen played for the Steelers. Uh, Scott Brantley was the number one player in the nation uh, coming out of high school in 1975 out of Ocala Forest. So So, uh, you know, that's one area that a lot of people really, you know, really didn't look at for sure. But you're right. I mean, Jacksonville is just tremendous. Look at Reigns. Reigns has more high school, has more NFL players, I believe, than any team, uh, you know, any program in Florida since uh, the draft began. I mean, just tremendous, tremendous players uh, definitely in that area. Hey there, Richard. So,
2: you know, as I was in, in school in Wisconsin in high school and whatnot, I played football, obviously um, ended up, you know, thankfully making it to the league. But it was always the fact that it always seemed that Miami had like the best athletes that had the best football teams, at least when I was in high school. H- have you noticed kind of a shift from, you know, like the s- s- Southern Florida States to more, you know, like the Jacksonville's and the Orlando's or has it always kind of always been like that? I guess just Miami got more publicity for whatever reason.
3: You know, what happened in, in through the 80s, it was in the panhandle. I mean, the panhandle was like winning state championship after state championship. And then around, I would say, in the early 90s, you started seeing the South Florida team's uh, when if you go back to the 80s, uh, the the in, the in the largest classification, Miami was 0 and 5 in the championship games. Huh. <laughs> but then, it, yeah, then you start seeing Miami Northwestern, uh, Carroll City. They started winning back to back championships. You had Southridge, Killy and Norland, and it really has shifted down there, uh, you know, in everything uh, as far as the larger schools. But I tell you, you know, you go and you get you got Reigns in 4A, you have Trinity and Bowls in three to five A at times. I mean, they can play with anybody as well. Uh, when Booker T, Washington had its big run, you know, Bowles was the only one that could knock them off in the championship game. But really, but you are correct. It really is, uh, you know, a South Florida-dominated thing. Uh, but but you're starting to see it pop up in some areas. Uh, a lot of the the private schools are really good down in South Florida, and that makes it really tough. You're playing, playing some pretty good all-star teams at that time.
1: Richard Burton with us here on ESPN 690. Uh, recently wrote a book, Seeds of Greatness, all about high school football in the state of Florida. Uh, it's available on Amazon and book Baby. If I have that correct, Uh, what give us give us a nugget or two from the book without giving away too much because everybody can go read it and find it. That just was like, wow. You know, when you come across some of that stuff and you're like, holy cow, like I did not know that. Uh, Is there something that resonates with you um, with all the research you did for it?
3: I'll tell you the one thing is the, the person who's in the forward is Jack Youngblood, and to me he's like John Wayne and Cleats. I mean, you know, playing for the Rams for 15 years, playing on a broken leg in the Super Bowl and everything. And and one of the things that surprised me was when I was when I interviewed him, uh, he had no scholarship offers to that point. He uh, they they won the state championship in '66 over Avon Park. And he's like, he was basically set to go to North Florida Community College and study, not I even mean, probably be a teacher and coach. I believe is what he said he wanted to do, and from there. Um, uh, David Fuller, who was the baseball coach at UF, came up, and, and he was recruiting the panhandle for the football team. He said, hey, would you like to go to the University of Florida to Jack Youngblood? And Jack Youngblood, he said he, said he had his arm around his girlfriend. He was just thinking about you know, partying later and <laughs> celebrating the championship. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, heck, yeah, I want to play for the Gators. Hey, so, by the way, Richard, that, he hasn't
1: stopped doing yeah, that yeah, since. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> he's that awesome. Is true. He is a tremendous guy. I, I love talking to Jack Youngblood. We'll see him at the Super Bowls. And not to interrupt your conversation, but... But remind us of the high school he went to, because few people know this. He was born in Jacksonville,
3: right? Right, and he, he wound up playing at uh, Monticello Jefferson County. And and uh, another weird stat about that: in Super Bowl 14, he played. A, he, you know, he's playing a left defensive end for the Rams. He's going against the guy, on the right tackle for Pittsburgh, was a gentleman by the name of Larry Brown, who also was from Jacksonville. Uh, wound up playing at Bradford High School. And uh, they went one on one in the Super Bowl. You got two guys who won state championships for their respective programs in '66 going up against each other. And Larry Brown was actually the first Floridian to ever score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He caught a uh, touchdown for the Steelers as a tight end in Super Bowl Seven. So just the fact that you know that's kind of where I got seeds of greatness from. Just kind of you know how they grew into these great you know professional players. And Larry played over over a decade with the Steelers. So, uh, you know, just stuff like that w- was really interesting to me and all kind of bizarre stats that I found. I mean, you know, Madison County averaging 11.7 yards per carry over a five-game span in the playoffs. Just just stuff like that that I, that I found that interested me and it was really, really cool to see just how good some of these teams were.
2: Richard, I have to ask you, what is uh, y- your take on schools such as like the IMG Academy, you know, like where they're like a boarding school but they're specializing in sports? Um, is that good for high school? Bad for high school? What do you think?
3: I I, I don't like it personally. Um, you know, I, I I just I figure. You know, I, I think you you know where you're you're located is where you should play. I've always I don't like the super team concept. Uh, I did a, a book presentation in Live Oak this past Monday. And, you know, they won four state championships from 87 to 90. And I know every single young man that played there was from Live Oak, <laughs> you know, Swanee <laughs> County. So I just think, uh, you know, I don't like the, you know, the super teams. And, and you know, it, it takes away from the high school football experience to me because they don't get to play for a, a championship uh, at all. They're, they're done once the game 10 over. So I, I really have never been a, an IMG type. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I just, I like the, you know, I like the homegrown talent. I like, you know, people to stick together and, 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 and do something together. 'cause you know, it's great memories, you know, people you grew up with and, and you want to be successful with them.
1: Amen Talk, to that. Yeah. Talking high school Florida football, uh, Florida, high school football, uh, with Richard Burton who recently penned Seeds of Greatness, a new book out you can get on Amazon and Book Baby, a fascinating uh look at the state of Florida and some of the historic uh numbers and stories um from this great state of Florida and high school football on, on Friday nights. Uh just another minute or so here, Richard, where does Corky Rogers rank? I know numbers wise, but when you're going through this, it's not just Corky Rogers in terms of great coaches. So where is Corky Rogers from Bowles? And where is Bowles in generally, uh, in general, in terms of best high school football programs of all time?
3: In in this state, for sure, Bowles would be number one because, uh, and Coach Rogers would be number one because, and the stat I use is wins over ranked opponents. And they they won over 80 games against ranked opponents uh, during his tenure. And, and Bowles, you know, when they had Bill Borg and a couple of the other coaches who who led them to their first championship in '86, they they had a few more. So Bowles and St. Thomas Aquinas are the two top teams as far as wins over ranked opponents. And then you know you know all the championships that the Corky Rogers led the Bulldogs to. And then uh, you know and then Robert E. Lee in the '80s. I mean they were. I mean, they they had they they basically they they had a year where they gave up less than 200 yards rushing during a regular season. Crazy! Uh, yeah. Only to front only to run into Emmett Smith in round two of the playoffs in a multiple <laughs> overtime game. So I mean, just he's he's easily the best. And Bowles, as far as beating ranked opponents uh, for their level, is tremendous. And then St. Thomas Aquinas, and you know the, the top public school statewide is Bradenton Manatee as far as wins over ranked opponents, but not as many recently. But but Bowles has just been so consistent and and, and so dominant over the years. And and coach. Rodgers, you know, with Lee Ann Bowles. I mean, just, just fabulous, fabulous seasons.
1: All right. Two, two last things. Are you coming to Jacksonville, uh, to talk about it anytime soon? And maybe I missed it. You might have been here already. Uh, tell us about that. And also, do you think this will be the historical reference guide, if you will, the encyclopedia for high school football in the state of Florida?
3: Um, have something in the works, working on a few things, hopefully soon, hopefully within the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, put an announcement out about it. And, yes, definitely, my goal is to get it on every high school football coach's or athletic director's shelf and and have it be a go-to for the playoffs because it's got everything that you could possibly want to know about every game, every stat, and, 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 you know, hopefully people get a lot of use use out of it for years to come.
1: Awesome. Uh, Richard Burton, you can follow him at FLFB Records on Twitter. And uh, go check out the new book, Seeds of Greatness. And pretty cool, man. Uh, I know that probably took – an enormous amount of work so a labor of love but congratulations on the new book and i think uh, everybody around here for years to come will be checking it out
3: thank you very much i really appreciate it thanks for having me on you bet uh richard burton
1: uh talking about his new book seeds of greatness hey listen we live in a fantastic don't ever lose sight of that don't take it for granted i mean it from baseball to football to all these other different sports but football friday nights in the state of florida for sure you can talk texas all you want
2: but, well and that dude knows his stuff, too. I mean, it's crazy it's just, like, the knowledge that he's gained over researching and whatnot. Uh, yeah, that guy knows his stuff for sure. And that's a cool thing. Like, think about 20 years from now. It's these kids
1: that are playing right now. Mm-hmm. They'll go back. And, if they're not reading it already, yep. they'll read about themselves someday yeah. maybe in it. You know, so it's I think that, And then someday it will have to be updated, of course, down yep. the road. Uh, but good to, good for Richard Burton. I wanted to get him on. I thought it would be pretty cool to talk about it. And he just showed you Corky Rogers and Bowles, just how big they've that's crazy. Statewide.
2: He uh he should have stuck to just maybe covering like uh like a a state like Rhode Island I guess because uh, <laughs> it'd be a shorter book and man yeah. a lot <laughs> less research would have been twelve pages.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. As long as they threw the East Providence townies in there. There we go. Hey, coming up next, is the combine a waste of time? Next on ESPN six ninety. All right, NFL Combine week coming up, and by the way, Dwayne Haskins will throw at the Combine. Hey kids, just throw, that's just crazy, throw.
2: But hey, that's, that's actually pretty big news. Yeah, uh, is it? It is. Why? So traditionally, quarterbacks don't throw at the Combine, especially guys that are ranked pretty high, because the Combine is an environment where they don't set you up to. Su- succeed, I guess. Sorry, the, the music turned off kind of threw me off a little bit for a second. No, I mean, that's it it was not your fault. Kuzo just threw me off. but uh, <laughs> I didn't know if it was that or the avocado is eating. Well, that too. Yeah, I'm trying to swallow while I'm trying to talk. It's not that easy. But anyway, so getting back to the combine. Uh, it's it's a setup where you're not supposed to succeed because everything's going against you. You're getting five hours of sleep. You get, you're get getting guys poking and prodding at you every which like, direction. uh Psychological evaluations that are just off the charts, crazy. Sometimes I'm not sure if they changed since I was there, but when I was there, it was insane.
1: We are gonna get into that next week.
2: Okay. Yeah. So there's just a lot I of things want to going see against you're you. You're
1: psychologically okay. Yeah. So uh,
2: <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I I kind of feel some kind of way towards the combine how they I was treated, but we'll, we'll get into that later. But uh, oh, a tease for stories yeah, of next yeah. week. But when it comes to Haskins, like listen, we know he's probably gonna be the top quarterback picked. So him stepping up and saying, "Yeah, I want to do everything. I want to throw." it tells me that he has confidence in his abilities. And in a quarterback, confidence is key. So the fact that he's saying, yeah, I'm going to throw up and do everything, that's a good sign for me at least because not every quarterback does that.
1: In sports, right, we talk about getting in the arena and competing and even in being uncomfortable. And and, uh, evaluators love to put you in spots where you're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're a pitcher and you're going to be recruited and scouted, they want to see you in a bases-loaded jam with one out and how you work out of that thing. Well, this is their version of that. Mm-hmm. You you don't have everything going your way. You haven't had proper sleep. You really don't know what you're to expect. You don't have guys catching the ball. They want to see you. But I think above that, it's not most not have import you can use the excuses later. But I do think for some guys, for some GMs and scouts, it's got to stick in their head wait, this guy didn't even want to compete here. He didn't want to. He wanted to be comfortable. What does that say about my guy that I'm bringing in here to be the franchise QB, that he wants to be comfortable, especially this day and age, right, with with (laughs) what we at least label the young player Mm -hmm. is he wants everything perfect. Well, listen, in January at Denver in a playoff game, it's not going to be perfect, man. Mm -hmm. It's going to be tough. So I love – listen, one nod to give Blake Bortles. He's like, I'll throw – on a cruise ship, if you want. I'll throw anywhere. It doesn't matter. And he did it at the combine. I think it actually helped him a little bit. It it, at least helped him. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand what you're saying. But to me, there wasn't... It's okay that he, I'm glad he's throwing. I think so they sh- I. all should say yes. Yeah. I think they all should say
2: yes. Well, and do you think it turns up the heat on Kyler Murray a little bit now I think too so. that he has to throw? Absolutely. As well? If and you're one and two great. like that. The rest yeah. of them, not so much, but the Kyler Murray part,
1: yeah. I think it does. I think it dials up that a little bit. And said, all right, let's see what you got, kid. But, and, and that's even better, right? If I'm Haskins, I'm confident in my abilities. I can't wait to get on the board. Can't wait to get in an interview room. Can't wait to get on the field and show what I've got. And, He's got to feel good about himself because he already knows everybody's watching that height yeah. thing with Kyler Murray. Yeah. They're watching the weight. Yeah. They're watching the interviews and seeing if he's committed and he's all in. So he's, he's, he's got to feel good about going to the combine um, and, and being compared to Kyler Murray. And I think, again, there's a huge drop after that or at least a decent drop mm-hmm. where he's probably not worried about the rest of the guys in terms of the evaluation.
2: Speaking of Kyler Murray, did you see what Vegas has him right now for his uh, 40-yard dash time? No, what over under. It? What is it? Four three seven. Four three seven over under. Yeah, I'll take the over. I think so, right? I mean, electronically timed. That sounds like a pretty generous uh, stopwatch time at Oklahoma, but who knows? I mean, that's a uh, that's game changing speed if it's true. Like I always ask
1: this: mm-hmm. Is it though at a quarterback level? I mean, like what? It's different speed. I get it. You can yeah. get away from those linemen. Easy. Mm-hmm. You can get away from the linebackers. It's elusive stuff. Yeah. Uh, but and he does look like he plays that fast. I will say that. Like True. he's a guy that we talk about with receivers like four four. Do you play that fast? Mm-hmm. But he does look like he plays that fast. I mean he looks like he's in a video game half the time. All right. Here I wanna I I, I tease this. I gotta deliver on it. Good call. I think the combine's dumb. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to the combine first time. Have fun. I, I can tell you I've debated <laughs> for the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. And I've just said – a lot of it was for me, it was – I didn't think it was a great TV event. I don't really know from a TV perspective what I can't get from being right here in Jacksonville that I can get there. I think the radio ads – I think we can be up there. We can do some interviews. The Jags – we haven't talked to Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell in a while. We're going to see them next week. Mm -hmm. So there's – I mean, I don't need to tell you my plan, but I'm just telling you what I was thinking about it. I also know that it's a big networking thing, right? It's like the Final Four for basketball coaches, why do they go? Because they, it's like this convention. It's you name your convention for teachers or for steel workers or for graphic artists or whatever, and that's what this is for NFL people. Whether it's GMs, scouts, coaches, people that cover the league, and that's where we fit in. Yeah. And so it's networking. People always say it's a really good event for networking, networking, get to meet people. I get it. That's cool. I mean, there's an element of that in our business. That's important, by the way, but. It's really hard to tell my bosses I need to go up there to make friends <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rather than cover it, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And so I've, I've always been, you know, 50-50 on the combine from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think all of us in the media blow this combine up and say this is a big deal. This is what a convention in Indianapolis. This is where everybody goes. And so we can do that in the media and then – we can go back to the sports editor or the news director or everybody else and say, "Hey, we really need to be there. Everybody else is there, right?" Yeah. So that's how it's gotten this big, in my opinion. But what I'm t- and that's fine, whatever. What I'm telling you is, in my view, I think there is very little movement on draft boards from the NFL Combine. They wait, the bench press, the the forty. Uh, the throwing or running or receiving or I always say these part, the interview room's most important. Mm. And at least in the medical chart is very important here. Mm. Like the doctors for all the teams are there so you can do MRIs. Mm -hmm. So I do think the interview and the medical part all in one place is important for the teams. I'm just saying outside of the medical where you wouldn't catch anything, I think guys are not moving up and down draft boards at all coming out of Indianapolis next week.
2: Al Davis would make a differ back in the day. Why? Because it was all about speed for him. He he literally would watch the 40-yard dash, see, all right, oh, well, Darius Haywood Bay ran the fastest 40. He's a Raider. Yeah, how did he do? I mean, Brent, I, I'm, I'm not attesting that that's the way you should do it, but I'm saying some guys put a lot of stake in that 40-yard dash. Some guys put a lot of stake in that broad jump. I mean, uh, what was the cat from uh, Connecticut? Byron Jones, right, for, uh, went to the Cowboys? He, he made a name for himself. I think he set the record for broad jump. It was like 12-something, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been like a a world record uh, or something like that. So every once in a while, you're going to get a guy that just does something so freakishly. Vernon Davis, great example. I mean, did the world know who Vernon Davis was from Maryland until he got to the Combine? I didn't know who he was. I'm not sure if you did or not. So every once in a while, you're going to come across a guy, Chris Johnson, another great example. 4-2. 4-2, Brent. Did, Did you know Chris Johnson out of college from Eastern Carolina? I didn't. But you think I, –
1: I guess the point there is do you think he – jumped up draft boards after that yeah, 4-2? Yeah. You think he did get on radars um, that people didn't know? I mean, we know where everybody lives now. We know what mm-hmm. time they're on their phone. We know we're we know we're going to a pro day. And again, convenience is a big factor here, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to South Carolina, Florida, Florida State, Miami, and check all these kids out. They're all right here. Yeah. I get that part of it. I'm just saying the relevance of these numbers, to me, doesn't change their... Now, I'll give I you another example. Saying. I'll talk against myself here a little bit. Shaquem Griffin. True. He might have got drafted, so it does help some. He might have been drafted Mm -hmm. in the fifth round because of the combine, and he was a late ad. So, I mean, I guess I'm arguing against myself. In some respects, it works. I just, I think if you looked at the if you could peek in the Jags board right now, and you looked at it, and it had the top hundred players. I think if we look at it in two weeks, I think it will say the same. It's like Outside you said, of the medical charts. Okay,
2: so I'm going to say this. So there's always outliers. Yes, there's going to be the Griffins. There's going to be the Vernon Davises who maybe show up and just absolutely blow the doors off. And all of a sudden the, the guy's like, well, we have to watch some more film on this guy because look what he ran. Look what he bench pressed, whatever. So I think there's always some cases where a guy makes a name for himself and teams have to go back, watch some more film. And maybe, you know, they, they, that player moves higher on their board. But like I said before, I think the combine is set up for players to fall more than rise because at the Combine it's a high stressful situation where if players don't pass all the physical tests and all the mental tests, then obviously they're going to fall down that draft board. So I I think the Combine's a place where you're set up to fail and move down draft boards more than actually go up the draft boards. And I'm going
1: to find out firsthand next week. Maybe Check I have a different opinion on it by the time I come back next week.
2: So, say that you run the 40 yard dash, Brent, what are you running these days? Uh, 4 8. Generous. That's, that's <laughs> generous,
3: Brent. <laughs>
2: okay, 4 9. Broad jump was yours, right? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. that was mine. Yeah. We're going to get into your combine oh, experience. Hey, ESPN690.com, if you want to go to the players, you can win tickets to the Captain's Club. Check it out, ESPN690.com. Robbie Tebow joins us next on ESPN690.
2: Tired drinks, fun, tips, What? That's, uh, that's for my people back uh, in Norway.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was a Norway edition of it. Grab very a drink get done. a
2: shot, tip your Star tenders. Yeah. yeah. Very
1: Very good. Happy Hour Horn on a Friday. Hope you're getting out of work early. Hope you're having a good week, everybody. Get into the weekend uh, here on ESPN 690. Glad to uh, have you along up until 6 o'clock, and then hopefully you have a beautiful weekend ahead. I think this next guy is going to have a fantastic night, at least, because it's a big night uh, for the Tebow family. Robbie Tebow joins us right now. He and Tim helped produce a movie. They're now in the movie business, and it's called Run the Race, and it debuts tonight. What's up, man? How you doing? What's going on, Brent? How you doing, buddy? Man, it's been a long time. I was thinking this today. I, I can't remember the last time I saw you. You guys were all over the the world, but uh, well, it's been it a while. It was probably
4: that time where I took a little bit of your money on the golf course, <laughs> man. I don't know. I mean, you got a short term memory now. You're you're forgetting these things. <laughs> I, I was
1: I was thinking it was the time that I did that flag football story on you, like back in like
4: 2009. <laughs> Look, one of your best pieces, man. I loved it. <laughs>
1: Hey, where where are you? I know you were on a plane earlier, so where are you watching the debut of Run the Race tonight?
4: Man, I actually just just flew in. We had an event in Dallas on Wednesday, an event in Birmingham where we shot the movie last night, uh, which was amazing, and just landed about an hour ago uh, in Orlando. So back in the home state of Florida and uh, we got a screening here tonight that uh, I'll be showing up at and, and hanging out with a bunch of people, so it'll be fun. So it's in
1: theaters uh, across the country tonight. Uh, Run the race is the name of the movie. You, you got to give us a little bit of back and make sure I'm correct on it. You and Tim produced this.
4: Yeah, we're, we're both executive producers on the film, and um, you know it's, it's kind of been a, a really cool story and, and and a journey for us to be honest with you, because we never set out to get in. the movie business um you know we we um we found this script in 2013 around this time six years ago in 2013 and um really fell in love with it fell in love with the story and uh just wanted to figure out a way to to use the vehicle uh in the medium of uh uh you know entertainment to 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 tell a positive message an inspirational message and so we kind of set on this journey six years ago and taken a little while to get here but um throughout this process it's been incredible to uh to to be here right now because i think we have a a great movie that i think people will will really like and it'll relate to a lot of people no matter where they're at in their life so we're, we're excited about it man it's been a it's been a fun journey, and uh, and here we are. Yeah, technically in the movie business. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I've, I've
1: seen uh, a lot of the reaction already. People have got a sneak peek at it, and and good uh, good thoughts about the movie. Good reviews already. So I know there's probably what's today like for you guys or this weekend because I think in the movie business, if I'm not mistaken, and I haven't been in it, but uh, the the early reviews are important, right? The early uh, takes on getting to the theater and watching it maybe this first weekend or next weekend is a big deal to kind of keep it in the movies and really get it pushed up the charts a bit right
4: you know it, it is important it's definitely important um and uh you know we, we feel really good about where we're at you know people ask me all the time like hey are you nervous and it's like you're not you know it's, it's a different type of feeling because it's not like you're about to go out and play a game or or act in a play where you have you know the the editing's been done so the movie is the movie so you know when it, whenever you do something and you put it out there for everybody to see you definitely are in a vulnerable position because you don't dictate what people feel about it or if they go and see it and you know uh, we put a lot of hard work and effort behind this and and we feel like we have a, a great movie that that people really enjoy but you know, you, you can't dictate how people think or how they feel. And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, I guess there'll be some anxious moments throughout the weekend, but, it, but it's fun because I, you know, you, we've done all we can do at this point and, um, you know, we just, we just hope that people like it.
2: Hey there,
0: Robbie
2: Austin Lane here. I uh, I wanted to ask, what was it about this movie that kind of drew you guys to it? Cause obviously, I mean, I'm sure you've had some choices of some other movies as well, what about this story and just you know things that go on in this movie that really inspired you guys to, you know, take on this project?
4: Yeah, it's a great question actually, Austin. Uh you know, we we'd had several um actually probably looked at um, you know, a dozen or two scripts um, you know, during the course of you know, a while before we, you know, found this one. And actually my good friend uh Trey Brunson who you know, when I was living in Jacksonville right after college, uh, uh, was the one that introduced me to Jake McIntyre, wrote the screenplay. And, and again, you know, we weren't, weren't really looking to get into the movie business and had passed on a lot of opportunities, but I think what really resonated with me and Timmy was the fact that, you know, this movie is about two brothers and it's, although it's a fictional story and it's not based on our, you know, on our lives, it, there was a lot of, uh, you know, big things about the relationship and about family and about, you know, what they do together and how they battle together and fight for one another, you know, through through the midst of a lot of things. And so there was a lot of big points that, that resonated with us. And um, and overall, this group was just incredible. And so what we tried to do, honestly, at that point was we wanted to tell, a, you know, a story and we wanted to make it real and honest and gritty and 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 something that people could relate to, because I think there's there's kind of a stigmatism um, even in movies that have a face, you know, based message that, that's just not on a, a certain level of production and it's not not necessarily that good. And you know, I'll be honest with you and say, you know, there's there's a lot of you know movies out there that might have a great message that just aren't done that well. So we just set out, and, and one of the reasons it's taken us six years. Is we were very meticulous on how this thing was shot and how it was made and 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 uh, and produced and 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 so it was just important for us to tell a real story that was gritty and honest and because we felt like if if that was the case people could resonate with that because they a lot of people can't relate to you know a Heisman Trophy that my brothers won but people can relate to you know to real life situations and going through you know, tough times and struggle. And so, um, you know, it's a story about that. And so we're we're proud of it.
2: Exactly. And that's kind of what I gathered by, you know, kind of reading up on the story is the fact that, you know, it is a football movie per se, but it's kind of for the whole family because there's some great stories in there. There's some great life lessons that anybody can really take from the movie, correct?
4: Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think, you know, there's – There's a lot of different. Whether you're a a young kid or an adult, a mom, a dad, a parent, you know, wherever you're at, a coach, um, you know, it just. There's a lot of different parts of this that, you know, it's more than brothers. It's family. It's it's really what you know the power that if you believe in somebody and if you have somebody's back and you you're just there for somebody, the power of that. You never know. um, You never know what that can become if you back somebody and you believe in them and so and that and that's really the core message of this movie is is the power of relationships and love and family and and when you get behind somebody and just be there for somebody to encourage them you know what what can you know be accomplished from that and you really don't know until you're there and you're you know just that that piece of support and so it's it's cool because you know there's a lot of those things that that we've gone through in our life and so you know that that was one of the things that jumped out to us for sure
1: run the race debuts tonight across america in theaters and uh, go check it out Uh, robbie tebow who's joining us right now on espn 690 and his brother tim uh, helped produce this movie, and it's been in the works for more than a handful of years. So exciting night for them, uh, and, and a new genre of things uh, for the Tebow family. I was going to ask you about that. You know, you you've had a front row seat to a lot of this stuff at times, but at the same time, you know, as everybody gets older, their lives separate a little bit. Did this kind of bring you and Tim back, uh, maybe to a place that you hadn't been in a few years because you had to work together on it like that? Uh, how did you How do you think?
4: Um, you know, we've always been really close. Actually, you know, our family is really close and, and all of our siblings are close and we, we're all kind of spread out around the country and the world for that matter. And so, uh, we just, we're very intentional about spending time and hanging out with one another. And so, but, but I think, you know, to your question, Brent, I think, um, being, like being collaborative together on a project like this was really, really cool to, to work together and be creative together and, and just go through the process together. And and I think it it definitely was, you know, just an an extra opportunity to to bond in a different way. And so it's been amazing to have his support and to to kind of be there and just go through uh, this, this uh, amazing journey together. And so, yeah, it it was uh, was pretty cool. All
1: right. A couple more questions and I'll let you get going. I know you got a busy night ahead, but uh, if I was producing a movie, I'd want to be like okay. I'm sticking my buddy over there in the as an extra. I'm doing this. I want. I want this. I want. So,
4: Absolutely. Did, did,
1: did you get to do some of that? And uh, are you gonna do you watch that thing? and You're like, hey, there's Johnny. You know, I went to school for with
0: him.
4: Sh- <laughs> for sure. No doubt. No doubt about it. Actually, there's there's a there's a few scenes where where I you know we put some extras, and uh, you know actually one of the scenes I, I put my sister. And her two girls um in in one of the scenes and uh you know and, and they're right there in the back, and it's you know unless you knew them you wouldn't you know that wouldn't jump out to you, but it meant a lot to her and her uh you know young daughters, and so i mean it's just it's those things are really fun when you have the opportunity to do it, but absolutely <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta you gotta throw some cameos out there, man <laughs> that's right
1: <laughs> so you said you shot this in Birmingham.
4: We did. We did. We shot in Birmingham.
1: That's like enemy territory, you know.
4: It, it is. It is, but <laughs> there's a big Florida Gator tie in there too, so it's uh, you know, we, we shot in Birmingham. Technically it's Bessemer, Florida, which is a total totally fictitious town. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> That's good. And One last thing for you. Should we are, have you bought season tickets to the Mets yet? You, how confident do you think? In, okay, in here,
4: here we go. You're just your spoiler alert right here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is exciting, right? Exciting year for the family, right, and everything, seeing where this thing lands in 2019?
4: Man, it's, it's really, really exciting. And, um, yeah, I, I'll – you know, the honest answer is I haven't bought season tickets, but I can promise you – I'm, uh, one flight away when, uh, when he gets that call and I will be there that night and it'll be, a, it'll be an amazing night and, you know, I, I will, uh, predict that that's going to happen this year yeah. if you want that there's your sound bite there we buddy. go nah,
1: nah, that's it man i just to, i think we're all i think we'll all root uh root for that and hopefully it happens and i think uh well you won't be the only one on that flight <laughs> from jackson i love it yeah uh, if it happens it. Uh, but we'll keep eye on. Right. hey hey this is pretty not, cool, not man. not if
4: not if that's, that's, that's the right, wrong good. way that's a
1: very good point <laughs> very good win. uh run the race debuts tonight across america congratulations man this is kind of cool
4: Thank you, buddy, man. Good to talk to you guys. Sorry, my voice is a little hoarse. been doing a lot of talking recently. But go go check it out tonight and hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks, man. Good Good catching up with you. Robbie Tebow joined
1: us on ESPN 690. Uh, That's pretty cool. Uh, And grab your popcorn and go check it out. Run the race. Good family movie. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, uh, good to catch up with Robbie. It seriously has been a few years, uh, I think, since I've seen Robbie. They are gallivanting all over the globe.
2: Yeah. Good for them, man. Doing big things, obviously, uh, with Tim doing his baseball career now and making movies, man. Uh, sky's the limit for the T Bows, sounds yeah. like. And uh, we'll see where it lands, but uh, go check it out. Run the race. Uh,
1: when we come back, come on a little balling and falling? T Bows are balling. That's for are. sure. Yeah. On ESPN 690 next. All right, fun catching up with Robbie Tebow, and of course we'll keep an eye on Tim Tebow in terms of uh, spring training and where that ends up landing. Uh, right now, looks like Triple A AAA for Tim, and maybe uh, gets that call, that one phone call, uh, one phone call away now uh, from the big leagues and the New York Mets. Brett Morton along with Austin Lane, Justin Kuzart, Kuz Cous on a Friday. Got big plans on the weekend or what, Cous? Trying
5: to hit the beach.
1: I hear it's going to be kind of nice out. It's been pretty warm. It's beach like.
2: Yeah. How about you go see the new Spider Man before it leaves theaters forever?
5: <laughs> I should could go see the new Spider Man. Right
2: after new Run sure the Race. Up. Yeah. There you after go. that movie. Is that playing in Jack? I mean is it pl- I assume it's playing in Jacksonville, yeah, obviously, yeah. but yeah. I don't know which uh, theater, I gotta look that one up. But. Okay. I would go, but we're going to see uh do you, so you, how think, to
1: train your do you think Monday uh uh
5: Coos comes in and he's like fried?
2: Son sun? son?
5: Depends where you're
2: going. you going to the
5: Levin bar? Where are you going, Coos? It always happens. Literally, the first time I go to the beach every year, no matter how much sunscreen I put on, lobster every time. Hey,
2: maybe the beach just wasn't made for you, man.
5: Well, I'm fine after the first one. You just got to get that first burn okay. in, you know?
2: Well, or else you can going go see Spider Man. You know, the, the choice is yours.
5: I'm not but trying you, to sway you one maybe, way or another. Maybe I'll be able to do both.
2: That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Fantastic. All right, how about a little ballin' and falling on a Friday? Let's do it. Ballin'. Got to go with my boy, Tyson Alualu. Hey, two-year deal. Yes, signed a two-year deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, And then I go, this is a quote from Tyson. Tyson said that he's blessed to be able to come back and play for an organization uh, that he loves to be around from the top to the bottom, from management to my teammates. I'm thankful to get something done and will be part of the group chasing a trophy for a few more years. That's um, interesting. Now, yeah. we just
1: talked to Robbie Tebow, obviously Tim Tebow's brother, mm-hmm. and 2010, you came out that year. That we Tyson Alo came out that year. Yep. Tebow comes out that year, and the big story around here was Tebow and, and mm-hmm. you know, people were... I still believe that was a little less about Tebow and more about who is Tyson alu yep. but it kind of coincided so you could play both, especially since Tebow went in the first round. Yeah. But the fascinating thing is, this is a guy... Now, that now will, with these two years, is a decade in the NFL.
2: Dude, I, and like I've said it before on the show, and I'll say it again, I feel like Tyson never really got a fair shake with a lot of the fan base here. Um, he came in behind the eight ball right away because he came in a situation where it wasn't his fault that he got drafted so high. Like, he, he didn't ask to do that. Obviously, it was good for him because he got more money. Um, it, it was a guy that was active in the community, that performed very well in the field, was consistent. You never saw a lot of mistakes from Tyson, you know what I mean? Playing that three technique too in our defense that we played at the time, it, it wasn't a position where there was a lot of glory, you know, as opposed to playing like a wide nine or even the seven technique for the defensive ends where you'd get more sacks, you'd get more tackles, whatnot. Um, Tyson's a guy that always did his job. I'm, I'm glad he got a new contract deal because he's been playing great in Pittsburgh. Too have been watching him a little bit. And uh, when I talk about Tyson Alu, man, you're talking about the salt of the earth kind of dude, you know. And and I've said it before on this show. This guy has done so much in the Jacksonville community that nobody knows about, and it's not my job to tell that story. If he wants to tell that story one day, maybe he will, but he's done so much in the city that people um, have no idea about where it goes just go destroy the type of person that he is, where he would do such these, these great things for the community and wouldn't want any notoriety from it, Yeah, so and he's that guy. He, he, he really is. He, he, he's that guy to a T, and he's he's got a great family. Uh, obviously, he's, he's got a big family, and I, I met a lot of them, um, you know, through our years playing together in Jacksonville, so I couldn't be happier for His Tyson. family's
1: still here, right? I believe so, Are, yeah. They, I don't know. Well, maybe with this two-year uh, deal, maybe they I do think make
2: the – yeah. Uh, I think he might still have a place here, but uh, maybe he's moving his family out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I wasn't yeah.
1: sure uh, the last I talked to him. We talked mm-hmm. to him AFC Championship, or, or they were in that playoff run when we were up there. And I think that's the last time I've talked to him. But I, it's funny you say that because I could have sworn I saw like this. Kid, this had to be a son of his. Yeah. Like, I, and I don't know the ages. I know he's got a big family, he's got a yeah. lot of kids. Yeah. And I, I, I forget where I was, but I mean, you know, it was like, um, it was like at a fast food place or something sure. like that. And I said. I I almost went up to the kid and asked. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like, that has to be Tyson Alou. kid. Yeah, and I just I wasn't sure or you not. Should have been. And,
2: and the thing with Tyson too, I always say he's low key the funniest guy you're ever gonna meet. That's that um, is funny. Yeah, that, like you know, like in, in the beginning when you, when you talk to him and stuff, like he's really quiet. I'll never forget. <laughs> Literally, our first interaction together was. Uh, We're here for the spring and it was like the first second day of workouts So we you know, we're meeting the teammates and whatnot and we're we're doing sprints and we're running like shuttles and back and forth and stuff And you know the I'm like all right Tyson. Let's do this man. He's like Don't talk to me Austin. I'm like what? (laughs) That was like our first experience together because he was trying to focus on the sprints or whatever So I always uh, I always give him crap about that because I'm like dude our first interaction. He told me not to talk anymore but uh, but once you get to know him, man, once he opens up, he's one of the funniest dudes you're going to talk to. And of course,
1: so. uh, you still have it pinned, I think, on your Twitter. If you have not seen the story, oh yeah. uh, that Austin shared in week one of the radio show yeah. with uh, Tyson Alualu in yeah. uh, an Uber ride, you cab, get, you, uh, a cab, ride, cab ride. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to go uh, check that one out for sure. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you just brought up another point. Now I know we're hanging on Tyson Alualu a lot, but like, if it's to me, it's the uh, it, it's in a way, the beauty, and in a way, the mystery, of an NFL locker room. And you take a guy like I would not put if I knew you, yeah. And then I knew Tyson Alu yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't know how this is going to mesh. These are two different kind of personality guys, mm-hmm. at least from my view. Or, yeah. but my point is, you have fifty-three of that mm-hmm. in an NFL room. Yeah, you know. And on top of that, you have usually pretty good-sized egos. Yeah, <laughs> you well, know, yeah. and sometimes a a violent game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm just always intrigued at the the makeup of a locker room. And for people who don't realize why sometimes it doesn't go well, well, to me, it's pretty obvious. I mean, that's a lot of Try to get 53 people on the same page, especially when things aren't going well. That's
2: not an easy deal to do. Well, it kind of showed you what kind of ship Joe Cullen ran in the defensive line room. Because you think about it, Brent. We had some of the biggest personalities. I mean, we had Andre Branch. Uh, we had you know, Pot Rose, Terrence Knight, who was another big personality. Matt Roth was here for a little bit. Jason Babin, uh, Tyson, myself. Man, we uh, you had some personalities in that room for sure. Yeah, and,
1: and to <laughs> me, that's where it hit it. And uh, Jason Babin still stays in town. I think there was a crossover. I'm pretty sure they were – and they were within about a 15-foot area of each other, the yeah. walkers, Yeah. But it was Babin, Jared Odrick. Okay. And Chris Clements. Okay. And I look, I was like, this is a weird triangle of people. <laughs> you yeah. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> the, it doesn't yeah. seem to fit. Yeah. You know, yeah. From, again, I don't even know the guys as well, you know, but from what we knew and – um, I believe that was the case uh, in that one room, that one year. And I can kind of visualize it uh, at the corner of the locker room. But it's fascinating part of football. It uh, is.
2: And, and, and honestly, uh, we're talking about things I miss most about the game. It's, it's not about you know playing on the field. It's not about the fan interaction. It's nothing about that. It's just about that locker room. It's about sitting in the meeting rooms, cracking jokes and whatnot. It's just that brotherhood, that camaraderie um, that I miss the most. And I'm sure if you ask a lot of guys that are retired now out of the league, they'll tell you the same thing
1: yeah absolutely okay my ball and uh simple lebron james and the lakers are down 19 to the rockets they come back and get it done welcome back nba i felt yeah. like you were gone for a while mm-hmm. and uh lebron james now let's see if they can go on a run i wouldn't be surprised only a couple games back uh, out of a playoff spot i still believe if you if you want me to bet on it i'll take lebron go into the playoffs yeah um and they'll make a little bit of run here but 29 points 11 rebounds and they were down by 19 that was like two different games mm-hmm. against the rocket team that obviously is is pretty good so uh, that's my ball. All right. What's your fall?
2: Fallen. David Fisdale, first year coach of the New York Knicks is blaming Fortnite for the issues that the Knicks are having right now. Listen, if you're an NBA coach at a professional level, are you really gonna blame a video game for how your team's performing, first of all?
5: I think there's something to this though.
2: But hang on, yeah, Kuz good segue, great segue. <laughs> uh so r- Rookie Center <laughs> that was a quite a compliment yeah. right there, Kuz. <laughs> so uh r- Rookie Center Mitchell Robinson uh actually was asked about that comment that the coach said and he was quoted by saying this Me and some of the other younger players would be up until three AM playing before we had a game that day. So I can see where coach is coming from, unquote. So I'm not sure if David Fisdell is falling. I'm not sure if the rookie class or, like, the younger guys that play for the Knicks are falling. Maybe they're all falling as a franchise. But, hey, Fisdell, you can't blame video games for your team's performance. Be, you know, be a coach and take initiative. And rookie center Mitchell Robinson uh, don't stay up till three a.m. on you know when you have the game the, the next day. Uh, that's pretty standard. Um, any kids listening out there, get your eight hours in. I, I sound like a grandpa, but I'm being serious. Get your eight hours in. You, you have to perform. Sleep is important. Sleep is for recovery. You do. Sleep have is to do for that. performance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I that, that's another thing because I'm not a sleep guy. <laughs> I, oh, I, I don't, know, Brian. Yeah. I don't. I am. <laughs> but it is you know again being around sports and being around you guys. And and the one that always gets me is Miles Jack. Okay. Miles Jack, man, he'll sit. He'll he'll be right here right now, and he'll go take a nap. I think. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. If he has five minutes, he'll sneak a nap in. Yeah. And he's a big believer in it, and they mm-hmm. tell you that down yep. there in the building. Go take a nap. Go get a nap. Go get rest. And you know, I, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's kind of like I literally feel better if I sleep five or six hours than I do if I sleep eight.
2: Yeah.
1: Like I, I like eight, I wake up with a headache. Five or six hours fits me better for whatever reason. Now, if I was an athlete or it – some doctor would probably say right now if they're listening, be like, well – you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You're, you might think so mentally, but you're wrong.
2: And I'm not sure how the Jaguars still do it, but I remember when Bradley was here, he actually would like stop the meetings around 6 p.m., 7 p.m. so the guys could go back to the hotel and you know get a full eight hours of sleep in, as opposed to most teams in training camp where you're done at 10, 10.30 and you only get about six, seven hours. So There's something to be said for that, I think.
1: Yeah, you got to keep an eye on it. Yep. hey, uh, my fall on simply. Uh, Phil Mickelson shot a 79 in the first round, nine over. Uh, or eight over, sorry. That's a par 71 uh, yesterday. And if you're wondering and how the golf is going down in Mexico. Dustin Johnson has the lead. Rory McIlroy, Matt Kuchar, Sergio Garcia. That's the top four. That's
2: a pretty good leaderboard. Tiger Woods, four under through 13. He's in the top ten. Bill Nicholson, Tiger. Stop doing calf raisers and we're working on that short game or something Ooh, maybe a little more. Yeah. Shots have been fired. I'll see you at TPC.
1: Yeah, and if you want to go to TPC Sawgrass and the Players Championship in the Captain's Club, go to ESPN690.com right now. Register and you can win a pair of weekly passes to the Players Championship. More to Come. Coming up next, Orlando Apollos talk after this. Oh, Friday's flying by here on ESPN 690. Hope you're having a heck of a work week and hopefully having a heck of a day and get that weekend going in style here in Jacksonville, Florida and beyond. Brett Morton, along with former Jags player Austin Lane and Coos, is here, of course, pushing all the right buttons. At least we hope so. <laughs> Speaking of pushing buttons, we're pleased to be joined right now by the general manager of the Orlando Apollos, Tim Ruskell. And I think the Orlando Apollos have pushed a lot of right buttons because they're off to a two and start in the new AAF. Tim, uh, thanks for joining us and taking some time. How you doing?
0: Very good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing, doing
1: fantastic. And, uh, I know you're off to a nice start. You have to be happy with that. And we're glad to see that uh, you'll be coming up to the Jacksonville area, at least. I know it's not ideal for your football team, um, but coming up soon uh, this next week, you'll be in Jacksonville and practicing in Southeast Georgia and, of course, still playing down in Orlando. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the logistics of that. And did you see this coming, you know, months and months ago or was this a surprise?
0: No, it wasn't a surprise. We uh, we thought we had had it solved a couple times during the season uh, or the fall rather and uh, you know it's a matter of uh, getting insurance for the players workmen's comp which is important to any sports entity and especially football you guys know all of that and uh, we thought we had it done uh, uh, in terms of being able to cover uh, the whole league as a matter of fact but it's it was Florida and the Florida laws that that made it tough and so uh, we started preparing and talking about it a couple months ago just to have a contingency plan if we couldn't get it done. And when the word came down that uh, we're not there, uh, we said, well, what's the most important thing about this league? It's the health of our players. And so we joined up with uh, Atlanta Legends in terms of their coverage and getting workman's comp from Georgia, which means we have to have practice days in the state of Georgia to qualify. So that's why we're doing it. Logistically, it is it is tough, but – uh, like anything, you want to make it as good as you can so it's uh, uh, less of a distraction for your players and your coaches. And I think we've been able to do that by being able to house the uh, players in Jacksonville and uh, and then make the uh, the bus ride up uh, for practices and lifting and all the things that we need to do to get ready as a football team up in uh, South Georgia. Yeah,
1: hey, uh, Tim Ruskell, the general manager of the Orlando Apollos, with us right now on ESPN 690. Uh, I might be putting you on the spot here. I don't know this even in Orlando. Are the practices open at all to fans, or is that a closed thing?
0: Yeah, and for most most sports entities, no matter yep. what, what uh, sport you are, they're closed. So uh, I told someone this morning, we could practice on the moon. The fans don't care where you practice. It's where <laughs> you play and what's your community. And so because we're close enough uh, to Orlando, any, like, media events we need to do or or uh, uh, community deals, we'll still be able to do that. You know, We'll just have to be selective about it. We don't want to lose touch. Uh, but you know we're the only AAF team in Florida, so we're we're Florida's uh, AAF team, and so it's uh, it makes sense uh, that uh, uh, Jacksonville was kind enough to help us out with a place, and then uh, Camden County, Georgia uh, had a nice facility for us to practice.
1: Yeah, they have a fantastic high school facility, no doubt about it. They uh, really do. And we're uh, well, we're happy to have you a part of the Jacksonville area in some capacity. Uh, how has this been for you working with? Steve Spurrier Uh, is, is, is he as much fun as we all know Steve Spurrier can be? And obviously from an offensive standpoint, you guys are off to a pretty nice start in that regard.
0: Yes. Uh, You know, coach and I were together in uh, the USFL and uh, the Tampa Bay bandits. And I was uh, his college uh, scouting director and really in all my 35, 40 years in pro football, I, I still very think fondly back on those years and just how much fun it was. For the coaches and myself and for the players and really it was just because of uh you know giving you giving a guy another chance uh, we had a territorial uh system as in in place as well like we have in this league so you had a lot of guys that knew each other that played against each other in college and high school so they, they, it was easy to get to the point where there's there was great chemistry and then coach was just starting on his uh you know throwing the ball around and and doing things a little bit differently so that's it's been fun to get back together with him and it's it's been fun to see uh you know him get uh, excited about the offense and come up with some new wrinkles that we've been throwing at people these first couple of weeks and so far so good
2: Hey there, Tim Austin Lane here. So listen, I- injuries happen all the time, uh, regardless of sports and everything, and injuries obviously happen in football all the time. So say a player gets hurt and you're looking to replace him. I mean, what exactly goes into that? Because there's probably some some standards, some rules that you have to follow, right? You just can't bring a guy from the West Coast and um, you, you you have to stay like in a certain zone. So do you have like a short list of players that you're hoping to bring in if a guy gets hurt or how does that work exactly?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. We have a 25-man um uh, rights list right and 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 typically those are guys that are either uh you know from our allocations which are our, you know most of the florida schools or from our pro teams which uh for in our case is uh the tampa bay bucks dolphins the jets and the giants and every aaf team has four four pro allocations in addition to their college allocations and so you uh as you get to the end of training camp you put the guys that you have let go and that kind of makes it unique in that when you get let go in our training camp, it's not over. And we told all the players that, that you guys know our system. You know, you, you, didn't, you didn't have a great shot at actually making the first opening roster, but we like you enough that we're going to put you on the emergency list, which kind of acts as our practice squad list. Okay. And so that's been where we have had to pull from when we have had injuries. And that will be the case all year long because there's no other pool to choose from. Nobody's playing football right now. They're, you know, we're not touching the, the uh, seniors from this past class until after may when the nfl has gone through their process so that's the only real pool to pull from and so you're never really let go when you let go from the aaf fair enough tim
1: Ruskell, the general manager of the orlando apollo's with us here on espn 690 tim you gotta be careful now Austin's starting his radio career. He still thinks he's got something left in football. I think that's no, why he's asking these questions good. to no,
2: Tim. Hey, Tim, don't worry about me, man. Uh, hey, that's why, <laughs> we were, that's retired, why we're
0: moving up to Jacksonville. So I <laughs> <laughs> get a 40 on him.
2: Secrets out. Uh, by the way, the
1: Orlando Apollos play tomorrow night in Orlando against Memphis. And that's Mike Singletary's team. So the stars are out in the AAF. I do have to ask you this. I was a big story. and And you give us a feeling. Uh, because i'm sure you've been kind of putting out fires and telling everybody to calm down all week but i I would like to get your thoughts and share with our audience when the whole payment glitch thing came out and then two hundred and fifty million dollar investment came out. I think people split on that people said, "Oh oh, the league's in trouble." then others said, "Wait a minute, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Why would somebody put that in if they didn't if they thought the league was in trouble?" Where is that? Can you can you straighten that part out uh, for us? And where do you see the league? How healthy is the league? And is this off to as good a start? At times, as it
6: looks.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And and you know, all I can go by is what our people say. And you know, we talked to Charlie Ebersol, our founder, and our co-founder Bill Polian, and they said even even before the, it looked like the glitch was going to happen, and it really was a payroll glitch. We switched uh, we switched uh, payroll processors you know, a couple of weeks before that happened and they just, it, it just wasn't ready to roll out when the players were due. And it really was their first check, right? This was the first one yeah. in terms of, you know, uh, playing games. And so it just wasn't ready. And so obviously when that happens, a player, he's going to be very upset uh, as, as he should be. Uh, we initially were told, well, it, it may happen over the weekend. It may happen that Friday or it should happen by Tuesday. And, and I saw uh, Charlie at our game against San Antonio and he's, he, you know, he said, Tim, this is absolutely not a money thing. It's not about stability of the league. This was a glitch, and you can tell your players you're going to get paid on Tuesday, and they did. And uh, so we were ready to go. In the meantime, they've been in, uh, uh, working uh, for investors and, and um, recruiting investors all along, and we'll continue to do that. And that gentleman uh, uh, was at our game on Sunday, and you know that was that was quite the show to see. And he was, uh, you know, obviously uh, very impressed. I'm sure he had already made his mind up by that time, but you know, he, uh, he that that didn't hurt anything. So we're we are stable, we're good, and uh, it was a real boost for all of us to hear about this, to know that we can go, you know, not just a year, but years to get this thing right and get it to be ingrained in the sports community.
1: As we wrap up with Tim Ruskell here, uh, the general manager of the Orlando Apollos, you have a background that you know what the NFL talent looks like. Tampa Bay, right. Atlanta, Seattle, Chicago, Tennessee Titans. Do you look – like we saw the league on the the debut, and we had like Ryan Davis on. And by the way, we hope Ryan Davis is doing well. I don't know if you have an update on that. He's doing well. Thanks for asking. He's um, doing a lot better. But uh, he's a friend of the program, and obviously the Jags fans up here uh, know and like uh, Ryan Davis. But w- we we wondered what it would look like from a speed standpoint. I think everybody came away from that opening weekend and say, oh, yeah, you know what? Not bad, you know. Everybody's going to have their thoughts. You always have critics, but you've been around the NFL. You know what an NFL player looks like. You know what the speed of an NFL player is. How many guys do you think get a crack at the NFL? Potentially make the NFL. I know it's a guess, but what do you think after watching this thing for a couple of weeks and obviously all the practices too?
0: Yeah, and I and I, you know, I've done all of that, and I, I'm impressed with our group. And you know, I can only really see it thoroughly through the eyes of our team. But, you know, we kind of have a a formula in our head that we think a third of our guys will will get a legitimate shot to go up to the NFL and make it and stick. And then another third will will get the shot and maybe go down to that last cut and maybe be out there unless they had some practice squad eligibility. And then a third might not get a shot. And then, you know, the next year, that that last third comes back to you, you know, for another shot if, if they want to. And then a sprinkling of those other guys. So maybe you get half your roster back. I think uh, as you would go into year 2. And I think that if when I talk to the other GMs, I think that's pretty consistent throughout the league. So that's pretty darn good. Okay. And uh you know, I I've been impressed with a lot of guys that we've brought in. We have a nice mixture of veterans and and guys that uh, you guys know this, you could fall through the cracks of the NFL so easily if if you're, you know, really haven't shown your stuff and you get to that time where you've got to come up with your second contract uh, in addition to your co- your college contract. Sometimes the NFL, and I did this as a GM, you look at him and you say, hmm, this young guy is almost as good in terms of talent, and I can save this much money off the cap if I go with him as opposed to the guy that's going into the second contract. So it hurts them in a little bit that way. They just fall through the cracks, and it would be on any team because of the years that they've accrued. So we've got those guys. And then on the, on the college, the young guy side, there's some guys that either didn't have a good pro day or they were from a smaller school or they went to a rookie mini camp and didn't get signed. So they really did not get a, a quality look. And we have three or four players on our team that fit that category. And you know what? When the scouts come around, they kind of feel like they know our veteran players, and I'm sure they've been surprised that some of those guys have done really really well, but they're also very interested in those young guys that maybe fell through the cracks of their college system.
1: Yeah, very well said. Tim Rusko, uh, Enjoyed the conversation. I'm sure we'll do it again in the near future, and welcome to Jacksonville next week.
0: Thank you. Love to do it. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend.
1: All right. Tim Ruskell, the general manager of the Orlando Apollos. Good insight on the AAF. And by the way, the Orlando Apollos home against Memphis uh, tomorrow down in Orlando, eight o'clock. That game's also on NFL Network. So they are coming to Jacksonville to reside, if you will, during Mm -hmm. practice sessions for the next few weeks. And they'll practice at Camden County High School. Those practices are not open to the public so they are hanging out in southeast georgia to jacksonville and orlando uh but they're 2-0 and right now under steve spurrier and up against mike singletary tomorrow uh with the memphis express you tim was talking about that and you were shaking your head because is oh, that yeah. how your
2: career ended basically that's how it ended uh john fox told me listen we think you have a lot of talent but we have a guy who's a couple of years younger than you and uh you're cheaper. a little older and he's cheaper and that's the way it's gonna be that's the way so it goes it.
1: in the nfl welcome to the nfl stay in
2: your lane john fox <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Uh, That was Nothing me. Nothing but love room. Hey, th- and that was Brent Martino at <laughs> Twitter.com.
1: <laughs> Coming up next, Stay in Your Lane. Fair enough. By Austin Lane on ESPN 6.9. A lot of guests on today.
2: It's a full show. Full show. For something that started out as a pretty quiet show, I feel like, in the morning. And really ramped up a lot.
1: You never know what's going to happen. Robert Kraft might solicit solicit a prostitute. Yep. Just another Friday in our world.
2: <sighs> the guy's wearing Jordans, man. I told allegedly, you. Allegedly, by the way. Well, he wasn't allegedly wearing Jordans. The guy always wears Jordans. He <laughs> never trust an old dude wearing Jordans, man. Rule number one.
1: Um, John Phillips will join us in just a few minutes to talk about that. But. About Jordans? We get to. I uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. But I also want to ask John when he comes in about Zion Williamson a little bit, too. If there's any kind of legality things involving him. Um, so I'm interested in that, but that's coming up at 5 o'clock, top of the hour. Right now, it's stay in your lane time, although we're working on a magic whiteboard first. What do you got?
2: Well, I'm trying to stay consistent. You know, I'm trying to do it every single commercial break. Uh well, if you'd have to go to the bathroom every break. You'd have more well, time to do Brent this. I'm hydrating, man. I, just, I said, uh, nothing but love for you, John Fox. Yeah, nothing but love for the guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, 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 it's business, right? Business. As they say. Um, All right. Well, hang on. Hey, let me, like, before yeah. you get to stay in your lane. Thank God, because my computer froze here. So one second, please.
1: The yeah. Before you, how much did you run today?
2: How much did I run today? Yeah. Uh, I, I had a sprint workout in the treadmill. Um, that was my running. But I also had sparring this morning, and got a mitt workout in as well.
1: What's a mitt workout?
2: Uh, you know, like hitting mitts. I mean, Brandon, if you're going to be my ice man, you got to know what a mitt workout is.
1: I've got to learn this terminology, but talk like to the layman's term here. Okay, are so talking th- to the casual. Okay,
2: so say say you're watching Rocky and Mick was holding these things in his hands and Rocky was hitting them. Yeah. Those are mitts.
1: Yeah, like I saw Drake <laughs> doing that the other day. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, Drake was. <laughs> and, that, and hey, whatever, hey, man. Were you impressed by Drake doing that? I mean, did mm-hmm. he look good? He looked decent. But like, that's the funny thing is people will post that kind of stuff just be like, check out what I can do just in case something popped off you know i'm ready to go that's where my shoulder conditioning would come in handy though shoulder conditioning is key actually we had some shoulder conditioning last night you missed out on thanks for showing up what was it uh i don't get into all of it but one of the one of the things that we had to do last night was shoulder endurance so you know like a heavy bag yeah yeah you have to hang by your arms they call it a gable grip it's a wrestling term you hold your hands like this and for the people at home i can't you know just kind of Put
1: your hands together, cross
2: hands. Kind of yeah, yeah. cross hands together, and uh, you basically hang from the heavy bag just with like your your arms and your forearms and your, and your hands. You hang from there for about a minute, and then uh, we supplemented that with. Is That like, hard? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Because like it, the, the the blood goes in your arms, so like it just everything gets, I guess they call it lactic acid gets built up. Uh, so then yeah, so we do that, and then we do like uh some handstand stuff too as well. I, I don't give all the secrets away, but yeah, it's, it's a little teaser for. you. Did him.
1: you hit your shins with a golf club? No, but any shin conditioning.
2: No, but I don't know if I still got. I was a little disappointed, a by the of... way, that the story about
1: shin conditioning should have got more traction. Like, oh, that's all good, man. What are you? What are you gonna do? I tweeted it last week or well, maybe did earlier. Did you see that video week.
2: that I linked underneath that? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty wild, huh?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, but, but shin uh, conditioning is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I have some bruises from kickboxing and whatnot, but that's all part of it. But yeah, shin conditioning—it's uh, the real thing, and you can definitely tell in a fight if a guy doesn't
1: have it, um, he's in trouble. Well, we can't talk over the next couple of weeks about strategy against this guy.
2: No, we can't um, but it's gonna be very it's gonna be very. Mundane terminology for me And a very mundane game plan Yeah because we don't We pre, he,
1: If he's smart he's listening to see if he can get a little bit
2: Oh yeah wouldn't you if you're trying to face me Trying to get every
1: edge you could Absolutely so mm-hmm. when I like call him out a little bit a couple of times I think I might motivate him I gotta be exactly. careful I don't want to yeah. do too much You know get a little chip on his shoulder
2: Exactly well if he's listening hopefully he can enjoy this Stay in your lane segment I'm about to do yeah, That's good you want to get off this topic But ah, I'm just excited about good. being the Iceman <laughs> uh, Go ahead stay in your lane Stay in your lane gotta go cruise control Oh, uh, there's going to be a new sport possibly in the 2024 Summer Games, Brent. Can guess what it is? 2024? Yep. Summer Games in, in Paris. New in
1: sport Paris. that's going around. That's the Summer Games. Mm-hmm.
2: Do we already do ping pong? Ping pong's already a sport. It's yeah, already a I haven't you ever seen Forrest Gump? Man, that was a documentary. Dude went to the oh, Olympics. I meant in the Olympics. Didn't Forrest go to Olympics?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess uh, he did.
2: It's a documentary, and the events happen in real time. Next, Next guest. Ooh, that'd be cool. Not darts. Breakdancing, actually. And I, I got to say, it, the topic's kind of getting some blowback. Breakdancing a sport. Listen, if you can sweat, if you need athleticism, it's a sport. Not opposed to gaming. That might be an Olympic sport coming up here, too. So when it comes oh, to breakdancing. dancing, in, like, 2028. I know. So when it comes uh, to breakdancing, dude, I'm all about it. If they can have... Ribbon twirling, curling, uh, that cross-country skiing thing where you shoot the gun. You can definitely have breakdancing. Just in, so. make
1: sure you call cheerleading a sport or we're going to need John Phillips to represent us.
2: <laughs> well, cheerleading is a sport, but it's not an Olympic sport yet, Brent. <laughs> and not yet. Hey,
5: it's well, just here's to be the thing. Determined. My sister
1: owns three cheerleading gyms. It might
5: be a sport oh, someday. Okay. Well, here's the thing about the, the eSports, just to bring it back to that, because I, I, I've i got a little insight there's so much money involved in that right now. No, for sure. So that's that's why I think a lot of that's getting pushed right now because I mean, like I think Fortnite's doing like a twenty million dollar tournament soon.
2: It was, it was at the X Games. They had e-gaming. Yeah, at that's X Games. Yeah. I think. Hey, man, I, think
1: it's like, money. So I think our our ownership, Cox Media. I think we group, do. Yeah. I think we own a team
2: in, in something, but I don't Overwatch. understand
1: it. Right. Well, Overwatch. Hey, yeah. uh,
2: hey, Cox Media. Hit us up. Hit, hit us up. Let's go. Me and Kuz Apex Legends. Here Let's we go. Let's do it. What Let's start a team. Dude, be very careful right here. Pump your brakes because okay.
1: you just like got the paperwork through.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quick uh, quick segment for Pump Your Brakes. Hey, they announced Space Jam uh, is hitting, hitting theaters here in July 16th of 2021. Why would you announce the movie like two and a half years out from when it's actually going to hit the theaters? Um, I was mad when Game of Thrones said it would be a year before the, the last season comes out. LeBron might not even be a thing in two thousand twenty one. <laughs> yeah, so well, that's true. Who knows? And uh, who knows what's gonna happen in this. Zion win. Williamson That's will a be hot take. It. Well, hey, and, and maybe uh Bugs Bunny can actually come on the Lakers and help that team win because uh they're struggling right now. And even though they won last night, but they're still struggling. Yeah, they were my ball and nudge shots fired. Two
1: thousand twenty one Space Jam, like do people really care that much about Space Jam that like they look forward to it? That the far NBA,
5: out? the NBA Twitter, NBA Twitter is so hyped on Space Jam really? and all that.
2: Dude, I was Gosh. a Space Jam fan, the original they man. Found, oh, yeah. I like yeah. such a honest, different world sometimes, if man. If you want a jam, like I, that, that was my that was my movie. But I could care less about this new one. But that was a like, was that
1: a huge movie because of Jordan? Of course, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean athletes have always done movies, but to have that kind of athlete mm-hmm. do that movie I think raised it to a well, different I mean, height. Now think, I mean, them, but now it's like a common thing. Like Jackson m- movies. But, Everybody's but in movies. But back in the, the original Space, in movies. In the, the original Space Jam,
2: like Jordan was the man. He was the M V P. He was you know, he won all the championships. And this new one it's LeBron and people could argue LeBron probably won't win the, the MVP. Thank you ku Play this. a yep. You know I got him. Jim. Dance, dance, space jam. Come on and slam. Yeah, it's, wait, yeah. it's coming. Yeah. Okay, this I mean, seems to
5: be like a Friday song. We yeah, need to start is. every show with this on a Friday.
2: There it is. There it is. Come on and slam. Hey, don't worry. Those goosebumps are going to go away, man. Is this
1: what you're coming into it? Morocco trial uh, I'm now.
2: I'll tell you what. This is what I'm going to leave leaving this <laughs> building when I walk out at 6 p.m. Says the guy wearing the Pink Floyd shirt. Hey, I'm I'm very versed and I'm I'm, I like I'm a fan of all genres. That might have been the best moment of the show. all right a there today. Fan of all
1: genres. Uh, Thank you, moment, for that. Best moments coming up though. Robert Kraft. What kind of trouble is he really in? John Phillips is in. He's going to tell us all about it. And I want to ask him a little bit about Zion Williamson too. But Kraft, the big story, legality wise. Well, what? Can the NFL do? What will happen to Kraft? And this is a bizarre story from South Florida. We have that coming up on the way. Also, a chance to go to the Players' Championship. Go to check out ESPN690.com, and you can win tickets to the Players' Championship. Simple as that. A pair of weekly passes, Captain's Club at the Players, and uh, all you have to do is go to ESPN690.com, and you register, and you might be able to to win so go check it out uh, the new look website is up and running you're gonna play us out of here with a little bit more of that music because i kind of like austin Lang a little hop in his step
2: come on and jam just go to the chorus on, Here it on is, on there it is. yeah i, really I run run mind run. the whole time it's michael jordan highlights just dunking the basketball posterizing people how can, how can you not be a fan of this song, this movie, and just this whole time in our lives?
1: Well, I still have goosebumps.
2: Okay. Like uh, I told you. Eventually, ex- they're going to go away. <laughs> Actually.
1: By the way, you should run to this tomorrow.
5: What's going to be the song? There's got to be, like, a song well,
1: in that's the new why one. It's coming out in two and a half years. They need to find one. Yeah, they got to find a song. All right. Coming up next, John Cloach joins us. Robert Kraft's in some trouble. On ESPN 690. Heck, we might be in some trouble. Catching up on the big story of the day, if you're just driving home on a Friday, heading in for a nice weekend, I can tell you this, you're going to most likely have a better weekend than Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, because uh, he got caught up in a sex trafficking sting and solicitation of a prostitute is the charge against the Patriots owner. That's a misdemeanor. But where does this thing go? What does it mean for the Patriots? What does it mean for Robert Kraft? What does it mean for the NFL? All questions uh, that we hope to get answered with a friend John Phillips who's uh, checking in. What's up, man? Hey guys, great to be in studio. Good to have you. You've been in the studio before. We changed have. it around a little
6: bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks
1: great. You now Brett Morton Austin Lane, Cooz here. One more hour to go on a Friday on ESPN 690. All right. We talked earlier, you said, whoa, this is, uh, you've seen a lot of crazy stuff, uh, so uh, for you to say something like this is crazy, that tells me this is crazy. It's
6: been, you know, it's been a crazy seven years, and I was planning on going home early, maybe having a pop, but uh, <laughs> but not so much. You know, I got I got Robin Cra- Robert, Robert Kraft today, um, but it's not, you know, it's not one count, it's two counts. They've got him going back and forth and back and forth, and apparently at one point he had a, like a limo or a car service. And they even made sure that it was his car. So they've they've got him. And apparently there's video because this was a full on sting, which we which we can get into about sex trafficking. I mean, it's 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 an abysmal thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's different going and hire an escort who's kind of voluntarily gotten into that lifestyle, but but sex trafficked workers are are in some aspects slaves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's really a huge
1: problem in our country huge right now. Huge
6: problem. This was a part of a 200 person sting. Uh, That's the that that's been the focus of uh, Central Florida for for a few months. And they finally brought down this place. But, you know, again, a strip mall in Jupiter, Florida. And you've got this multi-billionaire NFL owner who who goes to one of these massage parlors and and gets busted on video. That's as embarrassing as it gets. So at face value, it's a misdemeanor Two misdemeanors
1: or two misdemeanors. What does that part mean? Right. And could it be elevated or could it escalate from there?
6: So, it, it, I mean, we don't There they're always – the state attorney can always look for more charges. But right now from what they have – so the first time you've been charged with prostitution, hopefully none of the listeners will have this problem, but it's up to 60 days. Second time is a class one misdemeanor, so it's, it's up to a year. So, I mean, in theory, he's facing a year in jail, uh, but – it's he I'm sure he doesn't have this record. You know, usually these things will go through pretrial intervention where they won't they'll, they'll do something uh, before filing charges. Uh, but right now, you know, as we sit here today, there's there's going to be a warrant soon because he's not a local. They can't just send him a, you know, a, a notice to appear. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a warrant for Robert Kraft in, in Florida to appear for prostitution charges.
2: Hmm. So uh, a question I kind of brought up on the show earlier today, and obviously you can probably answer better than I ever could. Say Robert Kraft for some reason knew what exactly what was going on there. Now are we talking a bigger case? Obviously that on, is, on a federal if, level.
6: If he was financially involved, if if he was, and this could reach federal level, mainly for the owners mm-hmm. uh, of the facility. But it, it, if if he had some knowledge, if if one of these workers were underage, uh, which you know, which right now they were bringing in. Uh, translators, according to the press report, to just figure out who, who, what, when, where, and why. What a mess. And so if – I, I, I'm a lawyer. I'm a trial lawyer. Yeah. And so one of the first things that – you know, and we, we pay attention. I, I give to like ReThreaded and some of the local sex trafficking uh, nonprofits, but there's great federal law – that brings down hotels. So I had a sex trafficking organization tell me that you can fly a, a businessman, so to speak, could fly into Atlanta and within 30 minutes of landing, choose the age and and race of somebody they want to have and could have it. And that is abysmal. It's appalling. And yeah, so it, it, in theory, one of these, these workers could sue Robert Kraft uh, as well as the facility through federal law. Yeah, and I
1: guess right now we have to assume that it's just the two misdemeanors and probably doesn't go there, but I mean, we're just assuming that, which is probably a terrible thing to do when you're talking about this kind of stuff, assuming Mm -hmm. anything. But let's take it from an NFL standpoint then. Huge. Is is there something the NFL potentially can do? We were arguing a little bit earlier. Yeah, player might be treated differently, but when you own a team, you are your own police, at least for your franchise. Now, there is the NFL commissioner but you have a safe haven because you are a billionaire and own this thing. There's nobody – unless you have a board of directors or Jonathan Kraft is going to say, hey, dad, get out of here. Right. I have more power than you now.
2: Right. I mean what what's the punishment? But you're still part of the NFL. What was my point? And that's it. Well, Where's well, the still shield coming in? Shield.
6: Roger Goodell and the other owners are going to have some kind of clandestine meetings about this and try to figure out what to do because how can you – look they 're not going to look at it this like this, but ha- how can you punish Colin Kaepernick with banishment and Robert Kraft gets to go make another billion um, you know never mind if if this thing were stepped up even the slightest, he could potentially have sex offender status. Uh, could you imagine <laughs> uh and, and and you know we 've seen that where eighteen year old kids nineteen year old kids go skinny dipping and get popped and and have a lifelong sex offender status. And here, you know, here's the guy that does this. And so the Shield's going to have to do something, a fine. But again, it's it's Robert Kraft's been sanctioned with draft picks and, and all that before, but it was all related to the franchise. And this mm-hmm. is different. Um, it, 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 it's new. It's kind of new precedent because billionaires tend not to get tagged with misdemeanors.
1: Yeah. And, and on top of that, again, we've talked about it. Fine. Okay, you right. find him a couple okay. million dollars. It happens. Suspend, maybe, maybe there's a suspension that they agree upon. Remember, this is a very uh, not all owners have a face that transcends the sport. Jim, uh, obviously Jerry Jones does, mm-hmm. right? But this guy's number two on the list, right? Mm-hmm. If he's not number one, but I think Jerry Jones takes that cake. Okay. Am I missing one? I mean, say because he got in trouble, perhaps, I mean, but I don't of- think
2: so kind a of big face, but, I mean, obviously he hasn't gotten in trouble, but far as the face of a franchise. But, no, I mean, Kraft is number 2 yeah. if not number one behind Jerry Jones. So this Jones.
1: is a big part of, of your, you know, this, this isn't, there's Roger Goodell. Outside of players and coaches, there's Roger Goodell. There's Jerry Jones. Right. There might be Robert Kraft right after that. I, agree. I mean, that's, this is a big
6: name. How do you think it ends? Uh, so there's going to be pressure on the prosecutor kind of like Roger Goodell to try to make it even. Like there were, there were 20 other people that you would have never heard their names, but for Robert Kraft being on the same list as them, poor guys, not really. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but they're going to have to kind of, give similar sentences to everybody. Otherwise, media is going to local media is going to go nuts. We're in a we're a huge media market down there. Uh, but I, I imagine there's going to be some sort of pre-filing intervention where he'll get some probation. He'll do some sex counseling. Knowing him, he'll probably hopefully have a PR person say, look, this is sex trafficking. Go donate $100,000 to to a nonprofit and get get out from under it. Um, that's, that's generally the thing, but this is going to follow him until the day he dies. Yeah, you got to wear it. You've got to wear it. And this is, this is your know, scarlet letter. This is, this is that. And, and again, you, 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 you get caught in Vegas with a, with an escort. I mean, there, our, our president has, has had several, uh, people talk about adultery and, and the country's gotten kind of numb to that, but we should never be numb to sex trafficking. We yeah. should never be numb to to unwilling people who are literally their livelihood is held in front of them if they don't do what they got to do.
2: And the thing I wanted to ask him, does it really pertain to sports, but I have you here so I'm going to ask the question, what happens to the workers now? I mean, do they get deported back to uh China or what what happens with literally, that?
6: Literally as I was walking in here asking that cuz we had a we have a former prosecutor that leads up our criminal defense and I do mainly the victims rights work and and so that's why I'm looking at it from the victim side. But he said, if they're victims, if they're truly sex trafficked, they will be protected you know they're they're gonna get a chance and they're they're actually important to the state mm-hmm. if if they were management or kind of you know like the two owners they're all they're all facing the full effect of the law and possible deportation, deportation um, but it's it, it, we, we don't we don't know enough yet, but hopefully if I, I just I fear underage workers. I fear, um, you know, just these 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 women in the the poorest conditions um, is just it's just awful.
1: Yeah, and again, it's a big. That's a good question because it's a big deal in the United States right now, and probably not talked about enough. And uh, if anything else, this might bring more attention. Yeah, go buy something uh, from
6: ReThreaded. Their 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 clothing goes back to sex like traffic workers. They're a fantastic organization.
1: I'm gonna do a 180 here. Yeah, and go to a guy who slipped on a busted shoe. Yeah. Yes. Um, a complete one eighty. So sorry. As, as for the, Obama uh, said,
6: his his shoe broke. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. He did. He did uh, you could lip read there, uh, and it did. it did. Zion Williamson. Yeah. I didn't think about it until I talked to you and, and said, "Hey, you coming? Here? You want to come in?" Is there some form of legal something that could take place off this with all the money at stake, all the attention on it, and a
6: shoe that malfunctions? So it's complicated. Um, You you know, as far as Duke being able to sue Nike or make a claim against Nike, they cannot. They had a contract. And in fact, Darren Ravel tweeted out the contract. If there's an incident with a shoe, uh, if a player doesn't want to wear a shoe – you know, there's, there's certain requirements that the – I mean, in, in the NFL, they can kind of hold it over people and fine in them. In college, you can't. These kids are unpaid. Um, but there's, there's, there's all sorts – everything Nike has thought of. They're, they're, they're a giant. And so Duke couldn't sue uh, for the loss of, of Zion or, or whatever. Uh, Zion could, but it would be a products liability analysis – Products liability. This is, you know, if if these shoes started blowing out all over the country, that would be a problem. Because it, then it would have become like a class action correct, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it. it, it at some point, there, you know, there might, it, you can sue for anything, whether you can recover or separate, and Nike wouldn't let it get that far anyway. Yeah. So technically he has a claim, but he also had an insurance policy uh, written by Duke, as I understand it. So the money he would get. You know, I I, I just Not I don't think there's a lawsuit. Um you know, it it goes back to paying players and compensating players and I've said it for years, and people always come back at me. And you can tweet me at John Phillips with your with your negative responses. But there, there you get some of those sometimes. All the time, out. you know. You used to say them, but it, I think it, we might have gone back and forth. at Exactly. Time and so you bailed me out of some of these. But uh, but I need I need Austin Lane to fight for me sometimes. you, man. But, I, got you, um, I just want to make the whiteboard. It's all this too. Oh, but I got uh, but but it, it's. I lost my point and all the insanity. Well the pay to play stuff yeah, is but, where you're but going. workers comp. Like the, get these if, if you if you're selling popcorn, you qualify for workers comp for the university, get these guys workers comp at a bare minimum. Um you know, especially if you've got a required before you can enter the professional sports. I mean, it's just such a such a crazy rule but but you also don't want 18 year olds going into the nfl and the nba
1: yeah so but workers comp is a that's something that doesn't get mentioned as much we're not smart enough to figure that out probably but we don't talk workers comp we talk pay-to-play stipends
6: which i'm all for but at a bare minimum you get these guys and and some say that well because they get free medical treatment it's kind of like workers comp i'm like no it's it's not because you don't get the lump sum settlement you don't get the protection um and then the other side as well but they could insure the universities insure them like uh, just I, I I have no I have I, I went to the University of Alabama I'm 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 I get I get big mega programs although they weren't as good when I was there but <laughs> but it, the you know the blood sweat and toil I'm I'm on the player side
1: yeah and I think a lot of people are and and where does it land I think we're still maybe years and years away from figuring that out right. uh, that part of it all right take off the lawyer cap yep uh, you can't have a pop in here but what's well, you're on your porch now and having yep. a pop and, and we're getting into go. The, I know you're big Jags guy Yep, going to combine big time, coming up with free agency franchise tag potential with Nick Foles. You've heard all the stories you see it, all the discussions. What do you want oh. or what do you think the Jags will do at the quarterback spot?
6: You know, I, it depends on where they, you know, what happens before us in the draft. But I, 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 I do like Haskins. Um, you know, I, I I wish I could project to next year and grab that that kid from Alabama in 2020, but you can do both, I guess. But I, I'm also conflicted because you know that that BB Five guy, you know, is a friend of mine, yeah, and yeah. so uh, I, I want the best for Blake. And I but I do think that a new you know a new ch- a change of scenery will will help everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But sure, feels like it. I, I just I don't know about Foles. I've I've heard about it. I get it. Uh, I just, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a party at the Duval house. I was gonna say, just anybody that
1: makes the party rock at the we're Duval house, right? We're gonna have a party
6: house, right? at the Duval house right across the street. <laughs> uh, either way, we need to invite Austin over. Yes, please. Um, and. And we actually, so so off the record or off the subject, sight and sound. The the, the people. I was gonna say this video, is a bad
1: place to be off the record yeah, right yeah, now.
6: Yeah, no. <laughs> <because they're> on <laughs> the red <record right laughs> Sight and sound. Hey,
1: block your ears, everybody. Sight and sound does
6: all this the audio and video setup. The, the, the them and PRI, and they had these huge like 15 feet tall, um, statues with the jaguar, old jaguar reaching out, and we bought them. Oh right? really? So they're gonna be outside the Duval House too right next on. season but it's you know it, it's tough it, I, I just i hope we keep making strides i haven't given up on on dave and and the gang they you know i think they thought that the power running game would be still viable in the nfl and you know we'll see what they do with Fournette. i mean that's a big how he comes back next year is a big decision um or, or big you know big momentum um so, I don't know. Uh,
1: yeah, I think uh, it's interesting. When we talk about the Jets, ja- I think this is one, I've been here, this is 11 years now, and this is the most confounding offseason yet. And that's, that, it's got I some so rivals that. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. But, but I just think the decision making is you could blind 10 people up. And I think we could come up with probably four or five, six different answers out of the 10.
6: You could. And, and, but either way, th- we're finally moving in the right direction. I mean, everybody thought Leftwich – when Leftwich came out, everybody thought Leftwich was the guy. Heck, Matt Jones was the guy right before they drafted him. People all believed the day after Matt Jones that Matt Jones is going to be a star, uh, some, most. Um, but he, we've, we've – Haskins has is, is got the ability. I, I'm not a big fan of the, the guy that's 5'9", five, 5'10". Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Kyler Yeah, but, but I can't knows? imagine
1: they are either. It'd be surprise me. I'd be shocked, Coughlin, yeah. if they are. But uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, uh, good catching up with you. Yeah, great. Thanks we're, for joining us. Do out. this more.
6: Absolutely. Come on as a sponsor of this this uh, this here radio show. Well, we love well, it. It'd be yeah. great.
2: And thanks for stopping by. And also keep your phone by you because during Sawgrass, if I get thrown out of the of that <laughs> tournament, I'm giving you a call first. So. Four, four 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 four. But you'll get Easy the cell. You uh, get the cell number. I yeah. appreciate it, man. Back line. Tory, hey, Brent, we're all covered hey, now, man. Throw we're good to go. that number up
1: on a whiteboard. John Phillips. Go have the pop. All right, guys, thanks.
2: All right, uh, we
1: come back on ESPN 690 right after this. I wanted to talk about something with Tom Coughlin and electrifying offensive players. Does he go, Kyler Murray? We'll touch on it next. Welcome back here on a Friday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks, John Phillips, for coming in, man. We've got a crowded show today, but absolutely loved it and uh, having a good week. Hopefully you guys had a good week out there and head into a nice weekend. Uh, Coming up here in Jacksonville in the River City, again, Players Championship now, 17 days, I think it is, and counting. Hope I don't know the hours and minutes, but uh, you got a chance to win tickets and weekly passes. For the Captain's Club, for the Players' Championship, go ESPN690.com. That's the place to go, ESPN690.com, our new and improved website. And you can register and win tickets to the players. Go to the contest section of the website. Uh, reminder, as always, 904-362-9901 is the number. Uh, we've been filled with guests, but if you want to get in on a Friday uh, as you head into the weekend, feel free. 362-9901. question I just put out there, too, is... You know, you think Kyler Murray, and, and this crossed my mind earlier today, said, has Tom Coughlin ever really taken – like he, Tom Coughlin feels like a check-the-box kind of guy, right? Offensive lineman, defensive lineman. Uh, the quarterback probably has got to be 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", somewhere in there. Has he been risky at all in places where he's been? Now, again, when he was with the New York Giants – Jerry Reese was a big part of building the New York Giants as well, but no doubt Tom Coffin was a part of it, had a say. And I think uh, obviously in Jacksonville, he started with Tony Baselli. so you know, you kind of think stability, more conservative, safer picks. But has he gone out on a limb and said, hey, Let's go grab this guy or that guy, and let's take a chance because I see something that others don't, or I'm not afraid to see something uh, that others don't. And that's not easy to do all the time.
2: Yeah, as I'm doing some research because you literally just yeah, dropped this I on sprung top of me. Right really, so. I sprung
1: it on myself, too, because I I thought of it, but then I forgot to really um, check into it. So, so uh,
2: did, where did – where did what
1: draft was Odell Beckham Jr.? 2014.
2: Um, also in that draft 2014 in the fourth round, he took Andre Williams running back. Um, his running backs, you know, it kind of varies, but in 2012, we took David Wilson in the first round. Uh, I'm not really sure how he mounted in the NFL. I feel like it wasn't that m- Great a pick. No. Um, and I'm talking like, by the way, for it, this to it, be a risk. Game change, yeah. we're, we're
1: talking like the first three rounds here. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so Odell Beckham's 2014. Did he have the baggage coming out? He had some issues coming out, if I remember right. Him and Landry, mm-hmm. I think, might have both had a little bit, but not like crazy. And obviously the talent was there for them to take him at number 12. I've got the draft history right in front of me. So, But Pew Hankins, Matre Moore in 2013. Ruben David Wilson, Ruben Randall. J. Ron Hossley, uh in 2012. Uh, 2011, Prince of Mukamara, Marvin Austin, Jero Jernigan. I mean, Jason Pierre, Paul, and Joseph, and Chad Jones. I'm going first three rounds, folks. Hakeem Nix, not a risk, right? I mean, Hakeem Nix, that wide receiver? No. So keep going back. Phillips, Thomas, Manningham they took in 2008. Aaron Ross. Oh, vacation man, Aaron Ross. Yeah, yeah. We will stop right there. Uh Steve Smith, Jay Alford, uh Kiwanuka in oh six and Sonoris Moss. Um what we're coming up with is no.
2: Keeps it pretty close All to the chest. All
1: the way chest. back to two thousand and four. You know what as risky as pick might have been? <laughs> this sounds kind of interesting, is Chris Snee. <laughs> how, do I, how do I know that name? Well, because it was it was well, he played for a long time. Okay. was part of that offensive line for the Giants, but okay. it it ended up being his son-in-law, oh, and so the perception yeah, yeah. of that and at you know it was always interesting. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he took Philip Rivers, and then of course Eli Manning and all that got traded away. So uh, I even Taven Bryan wasn't really like that. Oh gosh, crazy no. of a pick. You but know? That, I mean, that's, that, that like, was a pretty he's your check the box guy
2: exactly. So. My point is. Ky- Kyler Murray doesn't fit the bill is what you're saying.
1: I mean, I just ran through some 10 years, 12 years of draft picks in Giants history. And I would think Odell Beckham Jr. might be the only one that you would say, well, that might have been a little bit of a risk. Let's go back to the early days here. Baselli, James Stewart, Brian DeMarco, Brian Schwartz, Kevin Hardy, Tony Brackens, Michael Cheever. Ronaldo Wynn, Mike Logan, James Hamilton, Freddie T, Donovan Darius, Cordell Taylor. These are not risky picks. Again, I'm going through the first three rounds, basically. First three picks. Fernando Bryant, Larry Smith, Anthony Cesario. Uh, okay. Bingo. R.J. Soward.
2: Okay.
1: And a big, awful no-no. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, and... To be honest with you, coming out of college, I know R.J. Sauer. I think R.J. Sauer was risky coming out of school, too, at USC, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, back in 2000. Um, that I mean, is that really,
2: like, the riskiest? Well, was Matt, Matt Jones' here with Coughlin, right, or not?
1: Uh, Matt Jones would have been picked uh, after Coughlin. Well, okay, after Coughlin, mind.
2: 2005. Well, and then um, we're talking about Coughlin. That See, was with Del Rio. It's not like you've had a lot of sense of the quarterbacks, either. I mean, he drafted Nassib who was a fourth-round pick, and, I mean, I don't know, it's a fourth-round pick. You know, you can probably take a risk there. It's not that much of a bust. Well,
1: that's so. a great that's a great point on, on what you just brought up. As I look even at the Jags from a drafting standpoint, Rob Johnson, who they ended up turning into a pick for Fred Taylor mm-hmm. down the road, um, and that was a uh, – let me go back. Rob Johnson I think was a fourth-round guy. Yeah, yeah, he was. Fourth-round pick for Rob Johnson. Uh, they picked Jonathan Quinn. That was a third-round pick. And, you know, they picked Philip Rivers with the Giants. And that's – and Garrard is a fourth-round pick in 2002. I mean, he's never picked a first-round quarterback outside of Philip Rivers, who then they traded for Eli Manning. Yeah. Oh, that just hit me. Interesting. Am I right on that? I'm going to have to go research that again, but that just hit me. Yeah. There you go. This this potentially will be in Tom Coughlin's coaching career, or at least career, like either as a coach or now in this role, going back to 1995, only the second time potentially picks a t- first-round quarterback? Wow, I think I just I like got a that. story idea for NFL Absolutely, draft man.
2: That's what I'm saying. See, we started out dumb topic check again. I that research, yeah. but... Crunch the That's numbers. Unbelievable. There you go. That's a hot take. That's a hot take.
1: We got some hot takes coming up. ESPN 690 next week. We got some games, too. Hey, welcome back here. Half hour to go up until 6 o'clock on a Friday in Jacksonville, Florida. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I don't know why this was such a revelation to me. <laughs> but it certainly was, as we figured out uh, right before we went to break. I mean, it's kind of amazing. I, I get it. Got to remember, Mark Burnell was not drafted uh, to the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. But so some of this stuff's free agency and all that. But and the other part of this that's very important is they draft Phillip Rivers in 2004, the Giants do, and it turns into Eli Manning, of course. And then they don't need one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's but but what I'm putting out there right now is it still jumps out at you that since 1995, that is a long time ago now. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's now some 24 years ago. (laughs) So he is Tom Coughlin's teams have drafted a quarterback in the first or second round once. It was Eli Manning. Well, it was Philip Rivers that turned into Eli Manning.
2: Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, there's not much of a track record other than he's one for one. I mean, by the way, it's really two for two because Philip Rivers was good, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So So I heard. He's two for two in the same draft. I don't know why that's so shocking to me, but it really feels pretty shocking. To me, you got some hot takes, Kuz, or what? Kuz, what you up today? You trying to just make it through the rest of the week?
5: No, man, I'm good. I got some hot takes. You got Actually, Wawa's sweatshirt back on. I love it. Yeah, it's cold up here, man. Well, I'll tell and, you he, that. and
2: he came in rocking his hood and covering his face. I got a little scared for a second. <laughs> I freaked
5: him out a little freaked bit. Out a little bit, yeah. I didn't have time to take the hoodie off. You know, I was running back in here to make sure you guys were still, uh, you know, on air.
2: Looking like the guy from uh, "I Know What You Did Last Summer." All of a sudden, <laughs> you ever see that movie? Who is probably not you. You're too young.
5: Uh, no, I've seen clips though. Jennifer
2: Love Hewitt, man, come it on, clips, man. Classic. I've seen clips. All right, all right, that's all I
5: got for all you. Right. All right, so hot takes. Uh, the first one I'm actually going to uh, bring up was a comment that happened because Brent was talking about uh, the the NFL Combine being uh, kind of overrated or unimportant. The comment is saying. It's not as unimportant as the fourth game in the preseason. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's and that was true. That's uh, that's not really the off season. But all right, what is the most important part of the what? What is the most unimportant part of the season? The off season. I, I get preseason game number four probably would win. Yeah, of course. But you you have right after the season we have the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. We have all these East West Shrine games, All Star games. Um, there is pro days. There is the NFL combine. There are visits, right? There I mean, are visits. I mean, you've been through a lot I've, of this I've been stuff. On the
2: visits, yeah. are, the, are the visits a waste of time? Me, me and Tim Tebow went on the visits. Are, are the, are, is that a waste of time? Is, yeah, that, is yeah. there anything that you draw uh, from that? No. I mean, the only thing that. So I only took one visit, and it was to Buffalo. Um, like I said, I was with Tim Tebow, Brandon Spikes from Florida, a couple of alums. Uh, during. We had dinner at the Chop House in Buffalo, which was fantastic. Uh, during the dinner, though, uh, Jim Kelly, the former quarterback from the Bills, absolutely um, gave us a little speech about being a Buffalo Bill. And then after it, actually asked Tim Tebow for his autograph and from everybody, which I just kind of <laughs> rolled my head at, rolled my eyes a little bit. But the only thing that I got out of the visit was the fact that they put me on the board a little bit and I had to drop some schemes. But it's something that could have been done at the Combine. So honestly, I mean... I got a pretty sweet steak dinner out of it and uh, I found out what a cob salad was. Literally like a whole head of lettuce with some blue cheese on it. <laughs> did not know what like you learned. they're well, phenomenal. No, but for real, like I mean I've had okay, I've had cob salad before, but like, like a real steakhouse, like a five star restaurant, cob salad, it's literally like a head like a like, a, like an iceberg thing of yeah. lettuce and then they, they have some blue cheese and some bacon on there. So that was kind of a trip. But um so
5: good too. Yeah.
2: So if, if we're talking about like, the most useless thing, it's probably those visits unless the kid hasn't been to the combine.
1: I feel like getting on the board is has value.
2: No, for sure. Yeah,
1: but would you want to do it via Skype?
2: But here's the thing, though. I got on the board at the combine as well with with the Bills, so they just made me do it again. Okay. So,
1: okay. Yeah. And, and I guess I would ask this: Is there value you knowing stuff for a board as a defensive end?
2: I don't know, man. Just just tell me where to go and I'll do it. going I was gonna say, it's a kind of plug
1: and player. <laughs> I of mean, like play, if I'm right? if I'm
2: playing middle linebacker, maybe, but um. I don't know. I scored a twenty-one in the Wonderlic, man. What do you want from me?
1: <laughs> next week, that's yeah. the next week's next go, oh, week's okay. stories. Okay, okay. <laughs> we should have had a guessing game on that. Yeah. Maybe no. Uh, we'll, oh, maybe few people, Maybe they didn't hear. Okay. So we'll, we'll put it out there, and if they heard, they heard. I'm, sh- I'm
2: sure my friends will probably say lower, but <laughs> th- it was a big deal though because uh, obviously, the combine doesn't about Tim Tebow. So we had bets going on if I could beat Tim Tebow's score, <laughs> which I don't think I did. I think Tim Tebow got like a twenty-four. So all right, damn.
5: All right. Hot take number two. Jags. By the way, I don't know. We might have
1: failed miserably at the hot take. I'm not sure. That That was a good hot take.
5: That was more of a not take, but it's okay. But here's the thing. It was a comment that we had gotten, so I wanted to make sure we we hit it. All right. This one. Jags fans shoot down every quarterback that's been mentioned this offseason. You guys have to understand Bridgewater has the most upside of anybody right now.
1: I like like this here. This is good. Uh, So –
5: Read it again. Did he mention Foles or anybody? This was posted by an Eagles fan, though, so I'm just putting that out there on Jags Reddit. Okay, so this, includes, again,
1: any, this includes anybody. Can you say the question again
2: yeah. or the statement?
5: The statement was Jags fans shoot down every quarterback this offseason. Uh, y- you guys have to understand Bridgewater has more upside than anyone else right now.
1: All right. You're singing to me as well. Yeah, um, man. I, I don't know what that is. but I, Okay, so we've got a bunch of veteran QBs. We've got... Foles, we've got Tannehill, we've got Keenum, Fitzpatrick, we have Fitzpatrick, we have Taylor. Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, and I'm sure I'm missing some.
2: Case, well, Case Keenum, may God, I threw Keenum a, in. Yeah. Okay, that was six of them. Uh, and possibly Carr, if Carr gets, he yeah, can't do that. He's okay. not there.
1: Okay, okay. gotcha. So, and, and by the way, Keenum's not there yet, but we all think he's going to be. Okay. So, take those six guys, and I'm probably leaving somebody out.
2: Yeah, but I got it.
1: I still believe Nick Foles has a best chance. The resume is is impressive to me. He's got three really good bullet points on his resume. So I believe Nick Foles, from an upside standpoint, you're talking he could play the next five, six, seven years at a pretty good level, at a good level. Mm -hmm. Next on my list, I think, would be Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah? And Teddy Bridgewater, to me... Again, we all can sit here and say, what if he's not healthy? Well, that's not fair in this conversation. If the Jags sign him, we got to assume he's healthy. I've told you this story before. I think that one of the reasons they did not even go after Teddy Bridgewater last year to compete with Blake Bortles, bring him in as a backup, is because they didn't feel like he was fully healthy. Well, we're we're a year later now, and he actually played in a game for New Orleans, and he's gone through a season, and I don't think he was on injury reports. I know it's it's practice, but he got through that stuff. Practice is where he got hurt. Mm -hmm. So I've got to assume he's healthy. Well, that being said, I think then he does, at 26 years old, have more upside than Tannehill, Keenum. All the Tyrod Taylor, all those guys. I think Teddy Bridgewater, the book is still unwritten on him. And we it got stopped short. I, again, this is not a guy that loves Teddy Bridgewater either. I'm not a huge fan of Bridgewater. But if you're giving me upside potential, that's why I like the Jags landing him because it's still an unknown compared to the other guys that have played enough football that I think I know who they are.
2: So you're saying Teddy Bridgewater has the most upside compared to uh, – second place in second falls. to falls well i mean i don't know brent let's think about where he's starting from he's starting from a career where this past season he played in one game for the saints had one interception one touchdown went i got the stats right here please hold he went uh 14 for 23 60 percent completion percentage a 70-something quarterback rating. Well, that's hey, the Jags
1: should keep Blake
2: Bortles as a quarterback because he had a great game against the Patriots. That's That's one game. Okay, and Blake Bortles had a bad season, but guess what? Next season, he's got a lot of upside because can you really go down that farther? So (laughs) so when we're saying Teddy Bridgewater, we don't know what he's capable of. Knock on wood, by the way. So so from an upside standpoint, of course he's going to have the highest upside because – He's a risk, but guess what? He also has the biggest downside because we don't know what we're getting with him, at least with Tyrod Taylor, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. these are Well, with Tyrod Taylor, it's a guy you're going to throw in there, not going to make a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers. Ryan Fitzpatrick's kind of a loose cannon sometimes, but he's got the arm. So we're talking from a standpoint of a guy coming in here. We don't know what he's capable of. So, yeah, there's upside, but guess what? There's downside, too. And are you really going to roll the dice that much on a quarterback?
1: Listen, you always roll the dice on a quarterback. Let me just ask you this way. Oh, okay. Let me ask you this way. Ceiling. I, I understand. That's a good point. You just brought up a very good point. Downside is definitely there where I would say the downside. If you ask me upside downside, I would say you're right about Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. And this is fine if you disagree with me here. Do you think Tyrod Taylor or Teddy Bridgewater has a higher ceiling?
2: Bro, you have to go Teddy Bridgewater because we haven't seen a lot from him. Yeah, so and that's my point. Yeah, 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 that's for my sure. Point. So I,
1: I almost, I know too much, no, and, I and I know too much about the scar tissue on these other quarterbacks mm-hmm. that I almost would rather take the chance on the guy I don't know a little bit about.
2: But why would you take a chance when you got a, a solid defense, an all-pro defense, ready to have your back?
1: Because I still believe you need above-average quarterback play with that defense. You can't get just average quarterback play to go to the playoffs. You need above-average, and I'm talking just even a notch above average. I don't think Tyrod Taylor gives you that. I think he gives you very average quarterback play. I think Case Keenum would give you average quarterback play. I think Tannehill is interesting. You might be able to move me a little bit, but I think Teddy Bridgewater has a chance to be above average, and I know Nick Foles does because I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's on his resume for sure. Hey, more to come on ESPN 690. I think we're going to play a little game. Oh, we have a game, Brent. We, and we also get the best introduction we've seen in sports. Maybe since the Chicago Bulls. Next. Let's be real for a second. What all you right. Got. Is there a party that gets surprised that in this whole prostitution ring thing with Robert Kraft that even money can't buy that off? Do I watch too many movies that this guy's got so much money that he couldn't somehow have kept his name out of it? Dude, just go on Tinder. Well I know no just no I, a, I get that. He made yeah. it, you could do all those things. Yeah. But I'm just saying once he once it was kind of learned that he his name was on that sheet, oh, he yeah. couldn't buy that video. He mm-hmm. can't like I know I know uh, this is real life and not movies. I get it. Yeah. But it's still I mean, you're talking this guy's got a ton of money. hmm it just surprises me. Like, I think that still happens is my point, right? I still think, go back to the mafia days in in a way, but I still think if you want to cover something up, Mm -hmm. money still could talk.
2: Well, and then that was one of my whiteboard things, I think, yesterday, where you're never going to hear about the perfect crime. Think about it.
5: That actually leads me into a question.
2: Okay, I can't wait to
4: hear
5: this. No, 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 because...
2: But I see what you're saying, Brent. Yeah, I mean, you think he's got the money, but sometimes uh, you're not above the law. I'm not, Absolutely. I'm not
1: endorsing this. I'm just saying Someone's... I'm just
2: surprised. <laughs> Brent's getting a little shook up over here. Right. I don't know if we, if we have a game coming up for what, but he's, uh, he's nervous.
5: So you, a few shows ago, you said if the defense does exactly what they're supposed to and the offense does exactly what they're supposed to on a football field, mm-hmm. defense wins. Mm-hmm. So then let's take it to real life. If a criminal does exactly what they're supposed to, and the police do exactly what they're supposed to, does the criminal always get caught?
1: This is your best question you've ever asked. Because it's kind of similar,
5: right? In a way. That guy
2: in in Chicago, Jesse or whatever, Smolt says, what's up? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, But he didn't do exactly what he was supposed to do. That actor who said that he got beat up by those two guys. Oh, 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 wow. Empire. By the way, yeah. yeah, Yeah, Empire. Yeah. Hey, genius, by the way. Try to challenge the, the Chicago PD like they haven't seen everything in that city. You're really gonna go to Iowa, Wisconsin, and see what happens. Like they don't, they don't have cameras over there, but you're gonna go to the biggest city uh, that has pretty much like the most crime and try to call it the Chicago PD. Good luck with that.
1: All right, serious answer though. The, I don't I don't know what wins. I would think the perfect crime wins, but that would be like the offense winning.
5: In right, football. and that and that's what I was that's what I was thinking in that case.
1: But we can we really compare? I think it's a good one. Perfect crime versus perfect detective work. Okay. and Police work. Mm-hmm. Who wins? I mean again, I'd like to think police work wins, and that would mean your defense wins.
2: I guess every I mean every case is different. Like what's define I mean Don't define Elliot, it. Just okay. do it. Elliot Ness caught Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> that's my I don't know. And that that's a true story.
5: No, that's true. Like even after, you know, he is the greatest criminal, you yeah. could say. Still eventually got caught.
1: Well, the yeah. one – see, that you just said a key word, which, which hardly – Eventually. You said eventually. eventually. You said eventually. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, in a football game, we were talking about it, you got a time limit. Mm-hmm. So I think –
5: Eventually is not an option in a football in game. In a
1: football game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I kind of like the question, though. It's got me thinking on a Friday evening, like almost at 6 o'clock.
5: Eventually, the offense would score. But it's the defense job to make sure it doesn't happen in the time frame, in this uh. scenario. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get here,
6: huh?
2: Uh, I, I'm trying. I'm I trying. Love it. It. I it. No, I'm it's...
5: intrigued by it. Speaking of perfect crime and and stuff,
1: yeah. You ever, uh, I, if do you like uh like the mysterious podcasts? You ever try them?
2: Yeah, I, I haven't tried them, but I mean they're always intriguing. I gave you if, one. if I had more time, I would. Definitely I went to try Wyoming
1: them. in the summer, and so we had some friends, and they lived in Laramie, mm-hmm. and we had driven down like all these small towns. So they suggested uh, the Frozen Truth
2: podcast. Okay.
1: If if you want a good
2: one, it's mystery, a good one. It's like a mystery thing? Yeah.
1: Okay. It's a good one. I like Check good it out. mysteries. The Frozen Truth okay. is uh, what it's called. So I'm suggesting Gosh, a
2: podcast along your I mean, I'm just so trying to think about Kuz's question. I like the question. Yeah. All right. No, it's a great question. I'm just, I'm literally trying to wrap my head around it. And no, I'm trying think to think about it all weekend. Yeah. Okay. There we go. That's, that's my homework. Yeah. While
1: you're hitting your shins with golf clubs to get yeah. you shin conditioning in. You bet. Um, we don't suggest that either here on the show. Mm-hmm. Only if you're in a gym training for a fight on March 16th. There you go. Got to get a win, uh, victory. A W. You got to take me back to the before we get to the game, and I know we're running out of time. We are, but we got to go to the introduction. Yesterday, it, hang with us here on this one. It's going to take a little bit, but to me, it's the best introduction since like the music of the Chicago Bulls used to come into, <laughs> uh, and is down at the WGC in Mexico. Take a listen. Soy México. Juntos estamos escribiendo esta fabulosa historia. Señoras y señores, ladies and gentlemen, bienvenidos. Welcome to the WGC México Championship 2019. Directamente desde los Estados Unidos recibamos como solo México sabe hacerlo a una leyenda de este juego. 14 veces ganador de Majors, 4 veces campeón del Masters de Augusta, 3 veces ganador del US Open y del Abierto Británico, 4 veces... Campeón del PGA Championship, sí, de los Estados Unidos y por primera vez compitiendo en México. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of awesome. That is awesome, man. If you haven't seen the video, yeah, Tiger does chuckle at it. It's kind of funny. I mean, how can you <laughs> not,
2: man?
5: 20, <laughs> Twenty seconds, Tiger in, I'm like, "How now. are we still going?" Yeah, yeah. Tiger better win
1: but now. The, but the old, you know, everybody will say Tiger Woods, Ooh, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger
2: Tiger, Tiger, Woods.
1: Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger, Tiger Woods. Uh, that's uh, that. I love that. That was awesome. I thought yesterday. So uh, speaking of Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson leads down in Mexico. Matt Kuchar's second at ten under. Rory McIlroy shot behind them at nine, and Tiger Woods is five under. Finished around uh, sixty six. So, not bad. Uh, seventh place right now for Tiger, but six shots off the lead going into the weekend. All right, game time. Coo
2: hit me with it. Time to play the game. All right. You got
1: your own music now.
2: I've definitely an intro, yeah. from wrestling, good. Actually, it's uh Triple H, but obviously the band would be Motorhead. Rest in peace to Lemmy. Brent, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Do I but have to wear this? Yeah. So here's what's going to happen. I have seven towns in Wisconsin that I've either played hockey at or played football at. Your job, Brent, is to name these towns because the reason for the idea came yesterday when I gave a little shout-out to the, this town that I played hockey in was Wapaka. And you actually pronounced it right. And I was in shock. And people back home listening, they were in shock because it's a hard name to pronounce. So I have seven names here, Brent. We're going to see how well you know Wisconsin how well we can uh you know we can flow and be a team chemistry uh kind of like a bonding game here so this so- is going
1: to be one that that if you're watching on Twitter or at Brent Jax, yes. if you're watching on YouTube channel yep. Action Sports Jacks or on Facebook at ESPN yep. 690, this will be helpful if you're watching instead of just listening. Exactly.
2: So here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna show the camera what the what the town is. I'm then gonna whisper it in the microphone so the people know. Brent, you get one opportunity to say the town. There's no like trying to sound it out. Once you're ready, say the town.
1: So, so I have to put these headphones yes. on. Yes.
2: Put those headphones on and hum because you can't hear me. All right. First town is.
1: Mm, there's a lot of dead air right here, by the way. If you get okay, up and well, show everybody I, the, I, the town. Get so i gotta, it,
2: from I here. can't hear what you're saying, okay. but. The first town is Waiwega. All right. Brent, first town. Is. Don't sound it out. You just got to say it when you think you know it. Waiwega. Ooh. That, that was
5: close-ish.
2: Waiwega, 0 for 1. And Brent, by the way, nobody on Twitter or Facebook thinks you're going to actually get one of these right. By the so. way,
1: I missed both of uh, those uh, syllables. Yep. Number two. I'm not listening. I promise.
2: Oconomowoc. Oconomowoc. All
1: right. Brent, Next is, one up. I played hockey here. Oconomowoc.
2: Ooh, oh, that's pretty close. Uh, so the correct term was walk but I think we'll we'll put it in the t- – yeah. We'll, that's okay, we'll got to be him. good. Okay. Right. Third one. That was Brent. easy. Hum.
1: By the way, you people in Wisconsin
2: must be able to spell really good. Wawatosa. You'd, you'd be surprised, Brent. Wauwatosa. Wawatosa. Brent, what does that one say? Uh,
1: I think I got this one right here. Okay. Just, is it sound like the shirt, hopefully, that Justin's wearing? Wauwatosa. Damn, Damn. Yeah. Brent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I grew up caddying at a golf course named Wada Moisit. Okay. It sounded like that
2: a little bit. All right. You ready for the next one?
1: I'm ready. I, I thought, think.
2: Kakana. Kakana.
1: This is either really fun or the worst radio ever because I can't hear a thing. <laughs> You're doing great. And so uh, Austin's driving this ship. It's all his I fault. Mm, okay. This feels like Hawaiian, actually.
5: <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, boy.
2: Kakana. Damn! Yeah, Kakana. Yep. We'll give it to you. Yeah. And a fun fact about Kakana, they're called the Galloping Ghosts, which obviously, ghosts on horse always uh, up for debate, especially with, with the PC police. They're called
1: Galloping Ghosts. The, that's the Galloping their
2: nickname. That, that's their high school team name.
1: All right. We got two minutes. We got two minutes. All and right.
2: three and one. Okay, we have three and one. Okay, we have three more. I need one more. Here we go, guys.
1: McGuanago.
2: The word is McGuanago.
1: Is this one tough, Coos? You looking at it funny?
5: I wouldn't have gotten any of these. McWanago.
2: Wow! Yeah. There it is. I mean, here I guess. Well, hey, there's two more. Hey, let's go. Let's we'll see how good I All can right. get this. This is uh. You this can have one... your
1: wrestlers and MMA
2: nicknames. There's great hockey over here. It's Waukesha. The city is Waukesha.
5: I've heard of this city. Have you really? I you feel, feel like I have. It? Okay, if it's is it.
1: It's that second one. It's either Aisha or Isha. Wakisha.
2: Ooh, it's Wakisha. <laughs> Wakisha don't live here no more. Wakisha <laughs> moved out. No, Brent, it is Waukesha.
1: Ah, uh, Waukesha. Last they one. Need a W at the end for Waukesha. So,
2: so is, is he three and three right now? It's for the win, right? This is for. No, I think I already got. Four oh, you already won. Okay. Well, it's just for fun then. This one is where I go snowboarding. Actually. Wausau. The town is Wausau.
1: I really can't imagine this is good uh, radio. I think it is. It's all
2: right. Wausau. Damn, Brent. You, you. Hey, so what? So Brent, five and two. Hey, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you very I'm, much. I'm. I'm. I'm going home proud of you, man. Congratulations. That's a heck of a way hey, to end the week. And all those haters on Twitter and Facebook that were down against them, he came through. Take that, Wisconsin. Dang. I'm moving in. Good for you, man. So I can have a drink from the bubbler. You can have a drink from the bubbler in and, Wausau, and you can have a barley pop on me or muckwatagal. Yeah. You, I, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, man. I, I'm literally in shock right now. Wawatosa. Yeah.
1: Okanamoak. There you go, man. And i got this one wrong. Waiwega? Waiwega. Waiwega. Shout out to the Waiwega Fremont. And that uh, was fun. I win. Raiders. Hopefully you win, too. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on TV on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for listening.
0: ESPN
1: 690.